0: So we already heard that up in the Northeast, National Guard would be deployed to drive school buses due to the driver shortage. We're hearing just across the pond over in the UK, they're preparing to deploy their army because there's no more truck drivers to deliver petrol. And now there's huge lines outside of stores, panic buying. And now we heard the governor of New York say the vaccine mandate is going into effect tonight which means many nurses will be terminated. When asked, what will you do to alleviate the shortage? She said that she's going to enact an executive order, giving her the authority to do a variety of things, one of which would be to deploy medically trained National Guard to fill many of these roles. Now, of course, there are a lot of people who are cheering for this and blaming the unvaccinated. But this is the government continually putting national guardsmen into private sector roles, because I can only say it seems like we're in a downward spiral. Things are kind of falling apart. Not to mention, we got the whole gas shortages here in this country, driver shortages, labor shortages, food shortages. You can't even go to some restaurants because they don't even have chicken in some places. Now they've switched from like, well, I can't remember what commercial it was. They were like, we don't have wings anymore. We have thighs because there's a wing shortage. I don't know how that's going. Because it seems like it's kind of gotten a little bit better in some areas, but still seems to be getting overall worse. And now we got this $3.5 trillion budget. The Republicans are saying we're not going to sign off on it, but maybe just a stalling tactic. So we're going to have to figure out what all this means. And we got an expert to help us understand what what all this means. My understanding is that you're a doctor, Robert Murphy. You have a PhD in, in economics.
1: That's exactly right, yeah. Although the joke is, ahead. I'm not the doctor that helps people. It's one
0: of those <laughs> PhDs. It's a PhD. Ah, uh, yes. Do you want to just, quick introduction? Sure,
1: okay. sure. Um, thanks for having me. I'm uh, Robert Murphy, Senior Fellow with the Mises Institute, um, author of the book Choice, put up by the Independent Institute, and uh, most recently of, uh, call, I call it Common Sense, the case for
0: uh, an independent Texas. Oh, okay. Oh, Interesting. Yes. So I think you'll have some really good insights on government authority and overreach, as well as economics, which will perfect for what's happening in the news today so thanks for hanging out
2: thanks for having me we got ian oh hello everyone ian cross on here happy to be here good to see bob tim lydia
3: hello bob. hello speaking of lydia i'm also here in the corner and i was telling bob earlier that between being a libertarian and being an economist he has something to say about everything that's happening today so i'm very excited for this conversation
0: yeah there's a lot going on mm-hmm. creepy stuff um joe Biden saying 98 got to get vaccinated before we can finally mm-hmm. you know wind things down it's like oh okay before it was 70 then it was 80 but don't forget go to timcast.com become a member we're going to have a members only segment coming up after the show it usually goes around 11 or so p.m. and as a member you're supporting all of the journalism we're doing the people who work for the company and our massive expansion plans which i don't know if we're ready to announce the crazy thing we're doing next but well i guess we can say something we 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 got we're getting a big piece of land and uh i think we talked about this with Luke and it's like somehow public but we talked about buying a big piece of land and then building up this area for like I guess you'd call it a hacker space, but we've got 50 acres, so we can call it like Hacker City, where people can build stuff, you know, skateboarding, biking, 3D printing, drones, and we're going to be, and and production studio as well, so we can do more shows, bring more people out, big expansion plans, and it's all thanks to you and your support. So share this video, subscribe to this channel. Let's talk about the first story. We have this from military.com. New York governor may deploy National Guard to assist with healthcare vaccine Mandate. Now, I got to say, first and foremost, this is a re, uh, a, re, a repost essentially from the Associated Press that AP writes it and then it gets picked up by a bunch of different outlets. But I noticed that they're, you know, based on what Kathy Hochul said, governor of New York, versus what they're writing in news stories, I think they're kind of playing this soft. She may deploy the National Guard to assist with healthcare vaccine mandate. It's not her first plan. And it's only in the event she has to fire all these people over the vaccine mandate, which sounds like their intent is to do it. We heard something similar in the UK when they said we may deploy the army to drive trucks. The UK, uh, one of the officials said, we have no plans to do this, but we're preparing to do it. You see, it's word gains. When she comes out and says that she's going to enact a state of emergency, granting her the power to deploy medically trained National Guard because they're going to be firing nurses. I mean, that's straight up stating their intent to do so. I don't think it's fair to then be like, they might not do it anyway. Well, a lot of people might not do anything. You know, Michael Bloomberg comes out and says, I'm going to tax soda. He might do it. Well, he literally said he was going to do it. So let's talk about what their intent is and and the line they're drawing, as well as how far they're pushing us towards authoritarianism. So what I see as truly interesting about this and what's happening, and I think it's in Massachusetts, I'm not sure, maybe it was Rhode Island, where they're getting rid of the, where, where they're, they're not getting rid of, they're sending in the National Guard to drive uh, buses for school, for uh, school children. Because of the problems caused by the politicians destroying the private sector, like this is the perfect example. We're going to mandate a medical procedure with no exceptions, no testing exceptions, just straight up do it without, legisl- without legislative approval. Then when the market collapses, they're going to send in government agents to replace them. It sounds a bit like, um, you know, I don't want to say fascism. Because that that's, that's that implies like kind of an ultra traditionalist. This is kind of like Chinese state communism style. Now, I, so what, what, you're an, you're an economist, Robert. What are your thoughts on uh, on this stuff? We, yeah. I,
1: what I was going to say is exactly what you anticipated. That yes, yeah, standard operating procedure. The government lays down some legislation. Or this case, you're saying wasn't even legislation necessarily. Just make some rules. Edict. Edicts. Yes. Causes problems and then says, "Oh well, gee, now that there's this problem, the free market can't solve it, so I guess we got to come in as the savior." And I don't <laughs> like this idea that oh, whenever something isn't getting done, just send in the military because they know how to do everything apparently. And as yeah. we know, if you want to get something done well and efficiently and with courtesy, you send in troops. Like who else would you want to be, you know, driving your your school kids around?
0: Hmm. The, the National Guard. This reminds me of a Ryan Long sketch where it was Antifa window repair. So it's like they, they dress up like Antifa and go around in the ride, smash windows, and the next day show up and say, hey, we can fix your windows. That's basically what we're seeing. They're like, unfortunately, all these nurses have, chosen to do the, have, have not chosen to do the right thing. Oh, no. Now the government has to come in <laughs> to, to, to clean up the mess. So we're, we're seeing it with a lot of things. I mean, in terms of the authoritarian takeover, like uh, I don't know if you've been seeing what's going on in Australia. Have you been? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do yeah. you see this uh, video that's going viral? Uh, I don't know if you saw Ian or Lydia, mm-hmm. where it's like a guy sitting at a fountain smoking a cigarette. and no. The cops come up and just throw him the ground, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. and are you know there like there's like seven cops, and they're like you know this woman's yelling, "What are you doing? Leave him alone!" And he, he has no reason to be here. It's like he went out for a walk. It wasn't wearing a mask. He was smoking a cigarette, and the cops <laughs> are like, "We don't care." So that's that's kind of the direction we're heading in, but it's, it's so it's 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 interesting that we're seeing a combination of. Well, maybe, maybe it's not interesting. the The government takeover is hitting both the you know the the economy and law enforcement. I guess so. We're getting edict, and we're getting our, our we're having our economy shut down. So my, yeah, my concern beyond you know the specifics of this and the injustice
1: to the people involved is just the broader point. I to me, I think what they're trying to do is get the public more familiar with just seeing guys with big guns walking around, you know, taking charge of the situation, like moving it towards what would be called a police state so something that you know decades ago americans would have thought that'll never happen here you know, they're not in other words they're not just going to say oh we're doing this because it's big brother here's watching you they they can't literally go from that from a tuesday to a wednesday but they do this so you know oh national guard well no they're just driving school buses because you know those people won't get vaccinated so of course they got to do that and yeah. just get us used to seeing guys
0: in you know camel walking around yeah isn't it amazing how kind of desensitized everyone's become to like a lot of this stuff I remember I was in New York and I was walking past Grand Central Station and the cops that are there they they're like fully decked out in full armor they look like stormtroopers and they've got you know probably selective fire rifles of some sort and I was just like man that's a crazy sight and they have dogs and they're like standing next to the entrances and I'm like do we really need that I guess I mean yeah
1: I w- yeah I was so I went to grad school at NYU so in 911 you know I was I was there uh, I mean I wasn't literally I was across in New Jersey but yeah for um, I think months after I forget exactly when they phased it out, but yeah, there were you know armored personnel carriers just on the streets, guys walking around with big guns, and you were sort of used to it, you know. And I and I realized like, oh, this is what America would look like, you know, down the road if if Americans let it go that way, and it looks like they're they are letting it go that
0: way. Yeah, and then you know I've I've been hearing from a lot of people, a lot of uh, military officers resigning, a lot of police officers are resigning. That's another big story. A couple dozen, I guess, dozens they say of police in Massachusetts are resigning over the vaccine mandates. Mm. So, I mean, it, it, can I just ask you yeah. too? And I think you alluded to it a minute ago. The thing
1: about this that I haven't seen more people bringing up is just on its surface. So I I understand that yeah, especially in healthcare, you know, people with certain conditions, they, you know, they might be genuinely concerned. I don't want, you know, a nurse dealing with me who's hasn't been vaccinated. But wouldn't it also be good just to show, no, I had this, like, that I have antibodies? Like, to me, that would be a more important test to say, yeah, I had COVID three months ago. I beat it. And yet, I don't even see that being discussed, Well, Well, let alone,
0: like, addressed and dealt with. When they say we don't care about negative tests, when they say they don't care about antibodies, they're saying this has nothing to do with the infection. It has everything to do with control. Right. I mean, they can come out and say all day and night that this is about public health. And I'm like, then wouldn't you actually follow the science? But they don't they don't do that. The science, uh, the science, in many instances, there has been a lot of science that should and uh, could and should be questioned. Yet what do you get? Censorship. uh, So, uh, all right. Shout out to Ryan Long again, because he has a sketch where uh, he just put out today, I think called like trust the experts or whatever mm. where he comes out and he's like all the experts agree and then you know his buddy walks up i think danny's the name and he's like uh, i'm an expert and i read the data and came to a slightly different conclusion than ryan longfield's punching him mm-hmm. and he's like shut up and kicking him he's like the experts agree that's basically what we're seeing what i was going to say about uh, the police resigning over vaccine mandates you mentioned you know people getting used to seeing you know cops out in the street and things like this it really is amazing to me how far we've gone where I can talk to my friends who aren't very political and I'll say like, if I would have told you three years ago, they'd bar people from leaving their homes, that they'd be mandating you get a medical procedure, albeit a small one. I'm not saying they're going to cut out your appendix or anything. Uh, otherwise you can't work and that, you know, we'd see widespread riots and there would be, con- nobody would believe it. Nobody believed it. If I told you that the government would deploy, you know, tens of thousands of National Guards surrounding the Capitol with fences, they'd be like, "Ah, oh, get out of here. If I said there'd be people storming, no one would believe any of it. It's all been so chaotic. People are desensitized. And now we're at the point where the good cops who are like, you can't make us do this, and this is not constitutional, are all resigning. Hmm. But there are cops who are staying. And those cops are not going to be the good cops who are like, ah, I'm not going to, you know, enforce that when that crosses the line. What we're going to be left with is a military of a bunch of people saying like, I don't know, just following orders. And a bunch of police saying, oh, just following orders. And then what do we get? Yeah, I think that's what
1: concerns me too, you know, about like the, the advertising, like the, the, you know, the woke advertising for the CIA and all that and there, that there are, making it the case that after they get rid of, you know, the questionables and the people with these domestic ties and so forth, that they're going to replace them with the right kind of people who are then going to implement these, because right now you're right, the, the sort of top-down commands that they <clears> want to <throat> e- issue, there'd be a lot of resistance or hesitancy to, you know, enforce this stuff. But I think they're looking ahead and saying, oh, no, we got plans in place so that five years from now, the personnel staffing these organizations are not going to be, the ones that were here,
0: so they they will follow those orders. Is it, it one thing that's interesting to me to, to me though is that often um, powerful interests, special interests, politicians use economics as a means of controlling the system, right? How do you make how do you how do you make someone behave the way you want? Well, you tax their item. Michael Bloomberg was like, we're going to tax large sodas, so you know people are stupid and fat, so that way they won't buy them and things like that. Tax cigarettes, tax gasoline. In this instance, they're going overt authoritarianism. You know, I wonder if, would you agree that they typically use economic power to pressure people?
1: Well, I think you're right. Even in this instance, though, in other words, instead of Washington just saying every American you know, except for many people with certain exceptions, because of vulnerability, has to get this vaccine. There's, no, no, we're not saying that. We're just saying if you want to work at a large organization, <laughs>
3: yeah, you're free. You want, to, you're free you to, to I have food? an income. Yeah, yeah, so, you're,
1: you're free to go go into the woods, right? So even I, mean, the, I agree with that. You are, yeah, and and the, and that's also like with the big tech, and so like that's part of the way they're they're doing this is sort of an end run, and there's coercion involved. Don't get this isn't like a free market outcome, but I think you're right that they realize it's easier, you know, to get someone to say, well, my boss is making me do it, and mm-hmm. I need my job. I got to support my kids, whereas. It's, if, if we're just a matter of paying a fine and going to jail for thirty days, they might, you know, stand up to the man.
0: I and mean, this is the crazy thing about it: it's that we've become uh, accustomed to, acclimated, and uh, locked into, in a sense, right? People are so used to living in climate-controlled homes with refrigerators and microwave stoves, natural gas easy access in supermarkets they're like i can't give that up my kids need this Mm. and i'm like i don't know 300 years ago some dude was like foraging through the weeds for food for his family and that 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 being said people today don't really have the ability to go and forage and farm on their own because land is owned and controlled by everybody so we're at this point now where the planet's basically basically been labeled you know i claimed by enough people or interests that if you did leave your job what can you do I mean, theoretically, you can go to, like, Chiron in Mexico and then mm. start figuring things out. You can go to the middle of nowhere. But if you have a family, you can't just stake a claim anymore. You can't just go to land and be like, okay, I'm going to farm here and survive. Nope, they locked you in. So what do you do?
2: Well, you can start a new career path as an Internet video blogger. <laughs> <laughs> True. So hopefully you did it two years ago because, you know, now you don't have much time to get it going if you're going to have to resign from your job.
0: that, that uh, I don't know if you saw the conversation I had with Jack Murphy what was that? That was, that was a week and a half ago or so. Something. It, he, he was talking about how his kid wants to play, you know, college sports, varsity sports, and then college sports, and now they're saying, well, you gotta get vaccinated. So he's like, it's tyranny. He doesn't think the vaccine's gonna hurt his kid or anything like that. He just thinks the government's trying to force him to do it, and it's a difficult position where he doesn't want to tell his kid not to play baseball. And my attitude was like, I think you should tell your kid not to play baseball. I think if you truly believe in it, you should stand up and say, I'm not, no, if there's, you know, the government isn't my doctor and shouldn't tell me, you know, what I'm supposed to be doing. The issue, you know, much bigger than just baseball is I saw I saw a video of a, a. it was a medical worker saying, you know, if I have to support my family, I can quit and then we're completely broke or I can get the vaccine. And so they were like, I guess I have no choice. And that's where people are at. The government mm-hmm. is, is not only, you know, I, I think this is a sign of how much how how, how uh, bad it's really, really going to get if they have people so constrained and so scared that they will undergo a medical procedure, then mm-hmm. what else can they do?
2: Get off the central electric grid, for starters. Get off the centralized uh, fiat currency grid, secondly. So that means crypto, solar power, grow your own food. Get off the centralized food grid. Those are three things you can do.
0: Homesteading. You know, get a, get a place out in the middle of nowhere. Grow your own food. Get some chickens. Work we're, on we're the big Internet fans of chickens. Have, a,
2: have small companies. Let's do lots and lots of small companies
0: yeah but like what do people do you know like how much work being done by people is actually contributing to the lives of individuals like food production and you know things like that fuel most people like to be fair like we produce a relatively small amount of goods for people i mean i guess people can say that thought and planning and this is the kind of stuff that goes into fixing economies and making people live better so it's good but like we're not fixing any toilets we're not growing any bread. We're not feeding anybody.
3: So I have many friends who work in the service industry, whether it's in food or like like I used to work in a hospital, and they're saying that they're being required to get the vaccine. And when I read the numbers of Americans who live from paycheck to paycheck, it is not surprising to me at all that they're able to require this of people who really don't want it. Like I had a Facebook friend who recently got it and she's like, You win, Joe Biden, because I didn't I have to do this to keep my career and I was like that's really sad. You shouldn't have to do that. But I also know that you have three kids. Your husband can't work. And you know that if you don't take this shot, you will have to find an entirely different career. This job pays much better than working as a waitress or something. So I completely understand. It's a hard situation. I don't like that we're being put in it. But we're going to have to figure out how to stand up to it. Yes,
1: yeah, so you guys are, are right that it's not literally impossible to uh, you know avoid this stuff. But also, too, just like you are saying, like that's part of the reason I think that they – monopolize the money supply is because they knew you know what better way to put the screws to people right and so you know their high income tax and wow well let me just you know go outside the standard healthcare system well no you can't because there's the fda the cdc you can't just open up your own hospital and say hey here people don't need to be vaxxed you know that that ultimately would be the solution in a genuinely free society that because you know people say oh well so should my kids not you know what if they had the measles or something you know you're against all and it's not that there's just some, you know, from on high, some right thing to do. It's like each each building or each organization could set its own rules. Like you're saying, sports, they could decide, you know, do the kids, you know, need to get something or not, whether to, to participate, and you know, they, they would have certain uniform requirements or what. You know, kid couldn't show up to play naked and play football, you know, right. among other reasons because that's not sanitary, right? And so right. it's or a kid's bleeding out or something, and said, no, no, I want to play. It's it's my decision. My dad said I'm fine, you know. So there's things to do and the way to ultimately handle it is not us making a case by case, but just have the organization set the rules. The problem here is the government has got its
0: just tentacles and everything so much that they can kind of force this outcome. So we have the, we have the story out of Berlin that I think is, is a good segue. Berliners vote to expropriate large landlords in non-binding referendum. Non-binding, okay, I don't know if that really means anything's going to be accomplished, but they do say in the Reuters article that they say, Campaigners hope the city will take control of some 240,000 apartments. That is to say they probably won't. But you have people in Berlin who are voting that these big companies that own, I think it's 550,000 department bu- apartment, apartment units lose control of it and they, the, the public gains control of it. And the way I see it is, it doesn't matter if it's the private sector or the public sector, when power is centralized, you will get tyranny. So what we've been seeing in the US is like that BlackRock fiasco. I don't know if you, you, saw a lot about it. This large, these large private investment firms buying up all the houses, offering up insane sums of money. Like there'll be a $200,000 house and a family will be like, we'll pay 200. And then the, some firm will come in and say, we'll do 230 cause we can and we're rich and we know the value is going to go up cause we're buying it all. You get to that point and you're like, okay, these, these massive out of control private entities need to have some kind of regulation or antitrust. On the other hand, what you see instead, is that in Berlin, they're like, the government should take all of them, replacing one centralized authority with another. So I don't know. I, I thought this was interesting for you, especially being you know a Mises Institute economist. How would uh, What's your view on dealing with massive, out-of-control private organizations that are seizing the commons versus you know the left solution, which is government? Sure. So and you had a key phrase there, you said the out-of-control.
1: So probably if you had asked me that 20 years ago, I would have said, oh, well, in a free market, it's good that a private corporation, if they mm-hmm. buy it... It's not in their interest to buy it if the price is going to crash later, because then they lose money. So they only buy it if they think it's going to go up, and then that you know rationally allocates housing to the highest bidder, and da, da, da. and that would all be true so long as they respected property rights and there was no you know bailouts of them when they get caught with their pants down. And so, but as we see in practice, that isn't what happened. Like you know the housing boom years, you could say of a lot of those com- those investors, why why are they making such crazy? You know why are banks giving loans to people that they know? You know they call them liar loans. They knew some of those mortgages that they were going to people who lied on the application. Why? And when you push it, ultimately, it's largely because you know they they knew they were going to get bailed out. That oh Greenspan and then Bernanke he wouldn't let the whole system go down. And so there were things like that in place. So I agree with you. In the real world, the problem with big companies doing that is because it's not just promoting efficiency. Because if they make a mistake, a lot of times taxpayers have to bail them out or the, or right, the right, Federal right. Reserve. And so. Yeah, you're right. The way to solve that problem is not to then empower the government even more because they're ultimately the ones
0: that you know keep that corrupt system in place. Yeah, that's what's funny. It's like uh, we were talking about this in the previous segment that the government comes in and says, we're going to fire all the nurses. Oh, no, what do we do? Oh, well, I guess we'll send in the National Guard. It's mm-hmm. like, well, you chose to do all of those things. So you destroy the economy, then say, here's my solution. It's like you punch the guy in the face and offer him the first aid kit. It's like, no, 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 that's not acceptable. You can't do that. And in, th- in this capacity... You get these. Uh, uh, I can't speak for for Germany, but in the U.S., my understanding was that a lot of these large investment firms were getting bank loans and government funding and Fed dollars, were buying up the property, and their attitude was like, "We don't care. We'll get bailed out if it screws up. So we're stealing from you, no matter what." Right. right exactly. So yeah, in a you know
1: in a genuine free market, it, I would have no problem in principle with them doing it because the only reason they would buy it. Is if they think the price is going to go higher and it's in their interest to not be consistently wrong about that. And if the price does go higher, then they did a service by, you know, reserving that for the person who wanted it more down
0: the road. But you're right. But, but what do you, what do you do if one company owns 80% of the property and the more, like, so the more property they own, mm-hmm. the more profit they generate, the more property they buy until eventually one company owns every, like all the houses in a city or something. Okay, so, again, so long as they're not
1: violating contracts and they're not, you know, stealing from people or whatever, you know, that they're just buying and then they're only respecting, you know, the title that they actually acquired legitimately, the only way they could capture such market share is if somehow they're out-competing all the, all the other, you know, speculators and housing developers who are trying to do that. So, they're, like, back in the day, the reason Rockefeller got so big was he genuinely came up with efficiencies and delivered kerosene and, you know, petroleum at lower prices, and so then later, you know, people could argue they did stuff with their money that they shouldn't have that you right. know, wasn't a market outcome. But originally, that's how he beat his competitor. So per se, I don't have a problem with that. So if some company just starts taking over because, you know, they're really good at saying, no, this property is going to go up and they have a better eye for real estate. You know, I wouldn't want them to stop doing that. But, but yeah. I mean,
0: certainly at some point, you just have a multi-billion-dollar fund saying, I don't care if it goes up, I'll buy it anyway because I can because it doesn't affect our bottom line and the more property you have the better and in fact you know once they control a substantive portion of the market can't they then manipulate the market like would there be a would there need to be a point at which the government can do something uh so i i would reject the idea that
1: at some point they don't care like i don't think warren buffett buys stocks and i don't care where they go up or down because i'm so rich now you're right he might be able because he's so big now to do things like the fear of the fact that he's you know, likes a stock that might make the price go up. And so that does kind of change, you know, the analysis.
0: It's, 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 it's definitely true. They don't care. It's not that they don't care about, like, like I'm saying, they're like, oh no, I'm going to lose money, but don't care. It's mostly that they're like, look, if I can afford to buy 10 houses, yeah, one of them might go down, but whatever, you know, like I'm going to diversify, I'm going to buy as much as I can and hope that overall out of, out of my 10 houses, six gain in value. And if the four that go down, hopefully the gains outweigh the losses. So then you'll end up with someone saying, you know what? This might be a risky buy, but I can handle the risk because I've got such massive wealth from all the property I own already. I can take the risk. A regular person can't do that. So then you end up with an organization that can come in and say, $200,000 house for this middle class working, you know, this working family. Eh, we'll give you two ten. And then the seller is going to be like, 210000 ten's better for me. But then what happens when the middle class doesn't own any wealth? They can't transfer anything to their kids. You end up with like Chinese style state communism. So so I I suppose... You know,
1: to go back, you had asked me, you know, at some point, is it justified for the state to come in? And so I guess what I would say is I mean, we can quibble about, you know, scenarios where, you know, even I might say, yeah, I don't. that makes me uncomfortable. But to me, you don't make things better by saying, let's have, you know, those people in Washington because we can trust them to do the right thing. And I'm not, I know you're not saying that, but, <laughs> yeah, you know, right. the same people that are doing all the stuff that we're talking about with the National Guard and the, you know, vaccine mandates and whatnot. They're not going to come in and all of a sudden be on their best behavior when it comes to regulating the housing sector.
0: Like, they're, again, they're the ones who are behind the bailouts in right. the first place. I'm saying, like, you know, is, is antitrust feasible? You know, the problem I see with the Berlin thing is, like, the government just taking the houses is the same problem as the corporations having the houses. The only difference is who you're yelling at. But what if they said, hey, you know, we're going we're gonna to put a limit on how much property you can own or something mm-hmm. like that. Or, or perhaps it's like you're a special case. You are the one company that owns sixty percent of the properties. We think that's too much, so we're gonna we're gonna antitrust you. We're gonna break you up. Like, what's your thoughts on that? So, uh, Tom
1: DiLorenzo has done a lot of good stuff on this. If people want to look him about antitrust, um, so I don't have this statistics off the top of my head, but I think it's true that in the vast majority of actual antitrust lawsuits are brought by the competitors of like the dominant firm. So it's not you know some disinterested civic rights organization you know guys that are you know just doing this and they're they're getting money from uh contributors or something around the country it's the competitors who try to bring them down and also what there were plenty of cases where companies were viewed as untouchable you know behemoths that then just collect like ibm there was a period where they yeah. just dominate and no one AOL. who could ever touch ibm and then microsoft came along and then who could possibly touch microsoft and then google came no one can touch google you know what i'm saying and so a lot of times, like, the, the stuff gets hung up in the antitrust lawsuit, and the company
0: loses market share just because of market force. I mean, to be fair, those examples are just escalating tyranny, though. You know, IBM was making computers. People used computers. They're like, that's a great utility. Microsoft came along, and then things started to get a little shady with how they were running their business. Apple comes along, similar things. And now we're at the point where Google is just overtly evil and uh, censoring news, censoring conversations, stopping regular people from being able to have conversations. It's to the point where Google got so powerful that no one can even rise up to challenge them. Because if you're a politician or uh, the Mises Institute is a good example, Wikipedia says you guys are, you know, it smears you in ridiculous ways. We're at the point where these institutions have become so powerful and untouchable uh, that they can outright just destroy anyone who would speak up against them to stop them from abusing power. You know, so my my view is, I, I, I think we definitely I definitely lean more towards freedom and everything, but mm-hmm. I would say I'm I'm rather centrist in the economic scale simply because while I don't think the government owning land is going to improve things for the working class, I think centralization of, of authority and power, regardless of whether it's government or corporation, is a bad thing. And so, how do you de- right. how do you break that apart and decentralize it, especially when you know, look, Google is untouchable. And as you said, many of these untouchables have, have waned. I mean, Microsoft is still there and Bill Gates is buying up all the farmland. So he's certainly retained all that power. Then you've got Apple, which did a really great job of rebranding Unix and selling it back to people for, for well, let's be real. I, Ian. Unix was open source, right? It is open yeah. source. So he brands, he takes a Unix, he brands it makes and it then private, yeah. And yeah. makes it, makes it private, sells it for a massive profit. Convince a bunch of people that Shiny is better. And then I have to deal with people who don't know how to use basic, you know, functions on a PC or, or run, you know, basic programs because they're using, you know, iPhones and stuff. No offense to the iPhone and Apple users, I'm not a fan. And now you're at the point where once, like, all of that stuff keeps happening, now you get Google. And Google's got its tentacles in everything to the point where you're a, a conservative talk show host. And they delete your video because you cited the CDC. That's Steven Crowder. Mm -hmm. So now if you can't even speak up against them in any meaningful way, oh, of course, we can say Google's bad like on this show. But what if you actually want to challenge their goals and agendas or something that might affect their their profits? All of a sudden now they're coming after you. They're going to censor you. Now you can't even do anything to to stop it.
2: I'm seeing now that Unix might actually be closed source and that Linus Torvald reverse engineered it and created Linux, which is open source. I don't
1: know. I thought it was open
2: source.
0: Okay, my 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 info on that Apple stuff is probably yeah. It's wrong, kind of big. So. Apologies, Apple.
1: Thanks, so, guys. So, so yeah, I I definitely agree with you that what Google's doing right now is is you know they're not living up to their model, right? Um, oh, they they got rid of that model. It's, oh, they, Alfa- they
0: it. yeah,
2: it's Alphabet. It. It's good. they own Google. Oh, okay, oh, right. right. Yeah, Alphabet Alphabet's is like crazy technology.
0: Overtly X. evil. Mm-hmm. Quantum to computing. They're gonna they're gonna. I mean, we live under the boot of Zuckerberg and and, and Alphabet. You know. Bill Gates.
1: Yeah, so I, I do think that, you know, 30, 40 years from now, it's not just gonna be politicians that we're gonna think that the the humans of that era are gonna think are the ones like running the world. It will be like a fusion of big, you know, billion, multi-billion dollar corporations and then powerful states and it'll be more of a hybrid thing and that will be considered like the, you know, the center of oppression. Chinese style capitalism
0: or communism or state communism. I don't know. Whatever term you want to use.
1: So that thing. All I would say, though, is the way to slow the movement towards that is not to give, you know, the the Department of Justice more power to break up companies. You know, so it's a modest point that I'm making. I'm, I'm, I'm more just, you know, saying right, right, this right. is not the path. But I, I know, thinking,
2: all- I've been thinking a lot that politics is not what we think it is anymore. It's not Democrats, Republicans. I mentioned this before the show. That's the skin suit of politics. Politics now is computer software code. It's deciding what we see, how we behave, who we interact with. So we need to rewrite the code. If we want to control and change the politics, it's not going to happen from Washington. It's going to be a decentralized movement. And
0: it kind of is. Well, that's, that, that, that's a great point. Uh, I think politics as we see it right now is a facade. When you can't even go on social media to the public square, to the water cooler and say, here is my political opinion, then there is no democracy. There is no democratic institution. It's quite literally. I, 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 we've mentioned this before. Imagine it this way. We get locked down. We're told we can't go to bars. We can't go to restaurants. So no one's talking to each other. How are we communicating? On Twitter. What is Twitter doing? Twitter was censoring news that, that harmed Joe Biden's campaign. So when you have the interests of a private corporation saying, we can control what you see and hear, your politics, your vote, completely meaningless. There's, there, there could be large swaths and there probably are. Of people in this country with a very particular political opinion, and they're going to be like, oh, I can't bring that up because, you know, if I try, I'll get censored. So I'll, I'll opt not to say it out of sight, out of mind. There's that saying from Harriet Tubman. I believe it was Harriet Tubman, or I believe it's a real could, could be apocryphal. I have freed many slaves. I would have freed many more if only they knew they were slaves. Mm-hmm. If people don't know what they don't know, it just never comes up. And so when you see Twitter censoring the Hunter Biden story, that overtly benefited the Biden campaign. So how can we say that we have any kind of real political system if, if, if that's what we're living under? And I, I I agree with you. You know, giving the government power is no guarantee. It's, it's no, it, they're not going to solve it. Right. We could cross our fingers and be like, well, what if we said, okay, you can break up these companies? They say, oh, okay, we'll break up all the enemies of Twitter. So Twitter becomes the dominant company and you, you, you look at what they do to Parlor, what they do to Gab. The government will just use their power to benefit their co, their collaborators in the private sector.
1: Right, exactly, and so I don't have a great answer for. Okay, well then, what do we do? So, for sure, though, I just want to be clear: I'm not saying, "Hey, they're a private company; they do whatever they want." Like (laughs) that's not what I'm saying. But I am saying that let's be realistic. Partly, you know, why these corporations do pose a threat is because they're in league with states that have you know armies and prisons behind them, and you know monopoly printing presses. So that's you're not going to like empowering one to you know keep the others in check. That's certainly not uh, a good solution.
0: Yeah. So. We'll probably have like a Starlink
2: a decentralized uh internet that runs parallel with this corporate internet, mm-hmm. and and then we'll be able to have like decentralized finance. The problem is the military. If the government controls the military, it's kind of like we are the government, so we give these people authority to make commands for us, but we don't have to do that. This stupid this governor in New York that was like, I have signed paperwork to give myself the power.
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> like that the most paper ridiculous yeah, statement ever. Power
1: <laughs> is granted. It is not. Yeah. It, it, going back to what you were saying tim my friend um took a a, a picture on the a new york city subway i think i'm getting this right and it was a three pane thing you know it's from like the cdc or something or the or the new york version of the board of health and the first pane showed two people talking without masks oh, on yeah, I saw that. and it said b- bad and then the middle pane showed right. them talking with mask, better and then the best was them texting each other and yep to me that had nothing to do with transmission of a virus they had to do with get people talking through the thing that you're right
0: they control the flow of information i have uh i have just written a decree oh. granting myself <laughs> the power to declare ian must make me a loaf of bread
2: oh i thought you were going keto but i can't i can't <laughs> defy that order according i'm not to gonna your, eat the
0: bread isn't that insane I grant you that power. if you can just declare <laughs> you have the power to do it did you have the power to do it the entire time that's how insane this is
2: they're voted into office to represent us and can be voted out at any moment
0: but they just mic did that. drop it's, that's um, just the thing I'm is just, the military the thing is the military
2: is, and satellite intervention if they can watch you from above and see if you're farming on your land and then come in with military
0: that's messed up so where does this all lead to i mean this is probably one of the most pessimistic you know conversations we've had in a while it's like you know ian you make a good point about there's like the politics is not what we think it is yeah that's kind of just distracting us i i feel like that's the bread in the circus where it's like, who's going to win the election? Woo, you can pick of our approved candidates. And you get the Republican who says, we'll wait a little bit. And the Democrat who says, burn it all down. And then what happens is you vote for the Republicans and they go, oh, okay, we're going to resist. Uh, we'll be sleeping over there. Mm-hmm. You get the Democrat and they're like, great, time to start knocking stuff over. So there's no real resistance at all. And I think that's why they just absolutely despise Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert. Not to say that they're you know, changing the game either. Maybe they're just louder voices but still not enough to actually make it make a difference here
1: right and i think that that explains just the hostility to trump you know whether people love him or hate him that he was so out of the mainstream. like he actually was not playing the game according to the standard rules like normally the republicans like we're so sorry we're so sexist and racist but please you know give us a chance because we're better on economics than them and trump was not playing that game and was going around and so that's why it was just code red establishment in both parties what you know national review had a whole issue against trump i think people some people forget that that conservative inc was not pro trump in the beginning they didn't like him either he was too much of a you know wild card and whatever he wasn't playing the game that they had wanted to play too so uh and you know and i'm not singing praises to trump i'm just saying that you could see how the system is what it is and they like that yep here's two candidates and it's you know shade of gray or shade of gray this way choose and now you're free because you got to pick a person every four years and to me, yeah, that's why now I I think states breaking away or you know cities or what have you is the only near term to midterm way to do anything. It has to
2: be super subtle because if they think that you're breaking away, they'll come in with a boot. But if you just do it with parallel systems that uh, synergize, I think it can happen.
0: I don't know, man. I think we're we're getting to the point where they're losing the ability to control the systems the way we we, we think they would. New Hampshire, for instance, the Free State Project. Mm-hmm. I mean, these guys are getting more and more people on board with seceding from the union. Now, will that happen? I, I think it's highly unlikely. But what happens when you have the Free State Project saying everybody come to New Hampshire, sign a pledge saying we out? What happens when 80% of New Hampshire is like, yo, we out? And then what happens if there's like mass non-compliance with the federal government's laws? where right. The feds don't have enough people to go in and deal with like – I think New Hampshire only has, what, well, like 800,000 people in it? Not many, yeah. Yeah, do you want to check the yeah. population? But, I mean, how is the, how is the federal government going to deal with 800, block the highways or something? <laughs> right. Like, what do you right. do? And it's not just New Hampshire, it's other, I mean, Texas. Mm-hmm. Texas has constantly pushed those buttons. I don't know, I mean, what do you think? You think Texas would ever get to that point?
1: Yeah, I, I do, actually. I think it would be sooner than a lot of people think. Um, and, and you're, you're right. It's, to me, what they, like just hypothetically speaking, yeah. If if, if two thirds of Texans voted in a referendum that we want to break away, it would be difficult. As the U.S. lectures the world about self-determination, you know, what if they just started reading them the Declaration of Independence to them? And so, what what part of this do you not agree with anymore? You know, and 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 it, and it, and it would be important too to not have any you know no violence suggested. Just to say, no, we're breaking away. So that if Washington
0: starts ordering the air force to bomb them, it's going to be pretty clear cut what happened right right so this is the thing you know people often say oh the government the feds would never allow secession because they would go send the military in and i'm like that would make people more uh, uh, like supportive of secession right. they they would see the aggressor being the federal government going in and rounding people up they'd see crying babies and screaming right. women and be like this is crazy like they didn't even do anything and the uh, i think more and more people would actually actually it's it's not too similar from the american civil war with fort sumter when the fighting broke out i think it was seven other states that were like whoa that's crazy we're out and then mm-hmm. word traveled way slower in the era of fourth and fifth gener- generational warfare you got to have propaganda on your side which mm-hmm. means often you know you want to be the victim right you exactly. want to be the one getting hit going oh they're attacking me help me and then people sympathize mm-hmm. with you so yeah. that's why I'm, I'm i'm wondering like what would happen if new hampshire said we hereby secede it's done and the federal government says no you mm-hmm. don't and they say don't care not listening are they going to send in the feds are collecting taxes or what?
1: Right. So I I have done been doing research on, like, nonviolent resistance, you know, things like, like the civil rights struggle. And just to give an example of people, they had training back in the 60s where, like, when they would do a sit-in, and they would train the people and say, okay, the mobs are going to come and start punching and screaming and spitting at you. Don't swear at them and just sit there and take it. And then when you have taken too much, we rotate. So the guys on the inside are the circumference wow. now, and they take it. You know what wow. I mean? And that was – so it wasn't just – Oh, let's love everyone. No, it was strategic because they knew we're outnumbered. You know, we have to win public opinion. And then enough yep. people watching TV are like, you know, seeing firemen, you know, hose down marchers. And, you know, like, yeah. eh, I, don't, I don't know if I'm for that. So you're right with New Hampshire again. So and that's why right now, again, they're they're making this propaganda effort to talk about all, how the right wing threat and all these. You know, what I mean, because they want the public to believe when they're kicking in doors. Yep. It's because there's all these right wing kooks who pose a threat. Not just people who That's say, you know it. what, I want to break away and not not be affiliated with Washington D.C. anymore.
2: Got a number here. It's one point three six million people yeah. in. Uh, That's a 1.36 1. million in, in uh, New Hampshire.
3: More than I thought. Yeah. You know,
2: I think saying we want to break away is like saying I'm anti that. Mm-hmm. I hate that. I, I'm voting against that. Rather than being against it, you want to say we're create we're fixing this American system, and then. All these people around the country will start doing it together. And that is not going to be considered anti-, if you say I'm breaking away, they're going to say that's anti-American. And now people would be brainwashed, fifth generational. But if you say we're fixing this together, that's going to, that's going to tweak their minds and make them join you.
0: When you, you know, you make a good point. All of this rhetoric about the far right and everything is getting people ready for when start kicking the doors down. They're going to be like, Oh, you know, but, uh, New Hampshire, that's going to be a cold splash of water in the face to a lot of people who are like, wait, an entire state is trying to secede? Hmm. Wait a minute. And I'll tell you this. They're not hearing this when they turn on CNN. Oh, so right now, okay. I assure you, most people, like, I'd, I'd be willing to bet. And uh I, I would say this. If I was looking at two options of voting, you know, does the, the, the leftist YouTuber sphere, BreadTube, know about New Hampshire secession or don't they? I bet they don't. I would say, I will put my chip on they don't know about this. And they're not paying attention to it, and it doesn't matter to them, even though they're supposedly libertarian. Now, mm-hmm. I, I think it's fair to say many of them probably do, but I think it's not part of the conversations they're having. In which case, even to those people who are supposedly like more, you know, uh, politically oriented, regular people, none of them are probably seeing the stories in the news about how I think it's like up to five reps. I think so, yeah. five or so?
3: Four, five was the last I heard. Four in yeah. New
0: Hampshire who are like, we favor yeah. secession. That's mm-hmm. a tiny amount relative mm-hmm. to the hundreds or so that they have.
3: It's growing.
0: But that's a, that's, that's a conversation you think, like, if you, it, you, you would think that the state of Jefferson, that several counties in Oregon voted to secede from the state to join Idaho right, right. And, and then Northern California, that there's a county in, nor, in Northern Colorado that wants to join Wyoming. Yeah, well, funny Right, and that, you know, even California's talked about secession, Texas has talked about secession, New Hampshire has filed the paperwork, Texas filed the paperwork before, and there was a poll, I think it was YouGov data we mention often, 37.2% of Americans favor their region breaking off from the US to form a new regional government. I'd be willing to bet most people don't know about that, and even political leftists don't know about that. If one of these states did make an actual formal declaration, it would be like them waking up one day with like the moon being upside down or right, something weird. Right. Like, how do, how are we at this point? If the government came and said it's far right extremists, they'd be like, all 1 million, 1.3 million? <laughs> it, it passed by 60%. So you're saying like 700,000 people, 800,000 people are all far right extremists? Or is that a whole state saying, yo, we out?
1: Right.
0: And to Ian's point, I think you're right. So,
1: With my, you know, when I talk about this, like I, so we're using the term secession just because it's very precise and we all know, you know, your audience is very informed, but I would call it like the Texas independence movement. You know, it's the same thing, just like technically the 4th of July, they seceded from Great Britain, but we consider it Independence Day. I just thought a
2: a good way to do it would be if you set up a smart contract so that your government secedes until your demands are met. The demands could be whatever you want. So like repeal the Federal Reserve. Mm -hmm. If the U.S. government does that, we'll come back into the country. And then you could have a bunch of different communities secede at once with smart contracts set up ready to reunify.
0: You wouldn't need smart contracts. The problem is confidence. If people, uh, you, 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 you guys have seen for Vendetta, I assume, yeah? yeah? You know that scene at the end where, you know, the, the, um, what's the name of the inspector? I'm not going to call him or whatever I don't, I don't remember. remember. He's like eventually someone will do something stupid and then it shows the uh the the, the fingerman they call him and he shoots a little girl and then all of a sudden everyone starts walking up to him they have pipes and he's like ah holding his badge but they don't care because that is the point where people no longer have confidence in the system. In the beginning of the movie when Natalie Portman's character says, "Oh god, you're fingerman." That's her saying she believes in the power of the state right. and she fears it. The end of the movie is when people say, "We don't believe in your power or care about it." So in terms of you know, breaking away, seceding, peaceful divorce, whatever, if people just don't believe in the power of an institution, it doesn't exist.
2: The, the reason I bring up uh, smart contracts with like your state to so say New Hampshire secedes, they have a smart contract ready to bring them back into the union when their demands are met. It's because if some power-hungry monarch came into power in New Hampshire during that process and decided, yeah, you, you'd repeal the Federal Reserve, but I'm not coming back now. You'd have some strongmen. So you want to automate it you out of trustless, you, basically. You,
0: you, you can't automate the process by which the public would come to trust the government again.
2: Yeah, it you, shouldn't be about
0: trust. Well, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. Listen, the point is, if you have, you know, uh, let, let's say you got 1.3 million people in New Hampshire, and they do a referendum on secession, and 60% say, okay, we're going to vote. So you're, you're looking at, you know, I guess, what, what would that be, around 600, oh, 60, 60%, so maybe 600, 600 yeah. 700,000 people, 700 or so thousand those people have stated with that vote, we have no confidence in, in the system. You can't then just have a, a system that automatically turns around one day and says, oh, all of you guys who voted against this, you are now back in the system. They say, no, we're not. We don't believe in For it.
2: For me, it's not that I hate the United States and that system, but there are aspects of it I want changed. So as like a as like a, I don't know what you would say, like I'm, I'm boycotting this stupid government until you fix these things. I don't want to be gone from
0: the US forever, but I'd be happy to like, you
2: know, put pressure them to fix the system.
0: So when you're dealing with several hundred thousand individuals, you can't just one day snap your fingers and have all of them agree. If 700,000 people agree we want out, no matter what happens, there's no point at which you can just turn around and say, okay, now you all hereby agree to like the state and believe in its power. They're going to be like, no, we still don't believe in its power.
2: I think – I guess part of why I'm pushing this is because I think if they want it out – if you really wanted to get out of the United States, that's not going to happen. The U.S. federal government would demolish any kind of resistance. What would they like do? The, they would send in the federal, they they block off I ninety five, and then they would. Bro,
0: I think you need to understand. what They the have free satellites, state is. dude. What? You, yeah, I get they it. They have but jet you know, planes. Like what do you? The free you the people who are going up to New Hampshire are not mom and pop like soccer mom, you know, local uh, mid managers. These are people who want to live in the middle of nowhere and hunt for their food. These are these are free staters who are staunch libertarians and AnCaps who are going up there being like, "Good, take it all away, get away from me. I'm going to grow my own food and get water from the ground." So if the feds came in and said, "We're cutting off the the the, you know supply of TVs," they'd be like, "We don't care." They they'd find other means.
1: Imports. Yeah. So so I I, I'm enjoying this discussion. So to your point, that's why my my. Writing about this stuff, I focused on Texas first because they've got the two oceans and they've got the border with Mexico. It would be harder, and it, you know it's huge too. It would be harder to seal them up, whereas Florida also there's many respects in which you might think, yeah, they should go to you know DeSantis, you know President DeSantis or whatever, but it would be easier to just do a naval blockade. So I agree with you it it would be tricky, but again if if they did it peacefully. And the only, their only crime was to say, we're breaking away. We're not sending money to Washington anymore. And they sent in tanks and starved them into submission. That might be a PR disaster, you know, and there would be so much guerrilla media like showing. Oh, you know Russia. what I mean? Like right now, like American troops doing atrocities overseas. If they were doing it in New
0: Hampshire, that might not play with a lot of people. I mean, they, they you'd probably get sanctions on the U.S. All of a sudden, massive G seven trade partners would be like, we will not be trading with you until you stop doing what you're doing.
1: Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts.
4: Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.
1: Now, you're right. They could get away with it if they found all these right-wing you know, depots of munitions. and You know what I mean? Like if, you know, the, if, the, false if the government could, could plausibly claim either because of the false flag or because there really were people... Who decided? You know, I'm sick of this. (laughs)
2: They've got MSNBC. It would be a total PR nightmare for the New Hampshire people. It would be terrible. So it would be, it would
1: be, you know, uh,
2: and they control the narrative. And then, then New Hampshire, the people would have to appeal to another country to help them because, and then it would be like, who are they going to appeal to? Canada? I don't think so. China,
0: probably. You know, the funniest thing about a New Hampshire secession is it would basically sever Maine from the contiguous United States. Yeah, it can't happen. They wouldn't let that happen. Right, right, of course. But I, I'm curious as to what their tactic would be. Probably, I'd imagine, at this point, it would be to flood the zone with money and resources to drown out any conversation about a free state. Mm-hmm. But I got to tell you, a grassroots movement is something powerful. If more and more people keep flooding up to New Hampshire for the free state project, no amount of money is going to shut that down. Right. And at the very least,
1: that's where I think it's worthwhile, like, you know, shows like this, people talking about it, just to... Because I'm curious to hear, like, the people who, you know, work for Vox or the New York Times just get them on record to say hypothetically if two-thirds of texans voted to break away would you let them go or would you think they should send an airstrikes and tank you know what i mean just to have them on record because how could they say
0: or maybe they would say yeah we wouldn't let them do that we're talking about we're, we're we're at a point i'd be willing to bet if we went to uh and polled democrats should republican states be allowed to secede they'd say yes i think you will see a large portion say yes let them go now, a year ago, or there was a year or so ago, there was data from the New York Times on this. And I think it was something like 30% said, uh, yes, they can go. Like 60 some odd percent mm-hmm. said overwhelmingly, no, they can't leave the union. I think that's changed, you know, a year on now, especially as things are going. I'll tell you this. Come 2022, if Republicans end up taking large portions of the House and they end up gaining control back, then you're going to see the sentiment, fl- sentiment flip. And leftists are going to be like, get them out. Right. We already we already saw that Podesta thing from the Boston Globe that John Podesta said the West Coast should secede from the Union if Donald Trump wins. Mm-hmm. What happens when Trump wins again? Joe Rogan in the news simply for stating his opinion. I love how this always happens. Joe says he thinks Trump's going to run. Trump's going to win. If that happens, the left is going to be like, "How about we let you secede instead of letting Trump be president?" And then what? How does well, that happen?
1: Right. And that's that's um, some of the arguments I've been making too is to say to like let's call them blue state voters, just for lack of a better term. Suppose it were Texas, and they wanted to break away, let them go because all the people in your state, you know if you're in California or some other blue state New York, whatever, a lot of people would move to Texas then, so you get rid of them, you know those gun nuts or the people who
0: don't want to get vaccinated get get them away from you let and them go if Texas did leave the Union, Democrats would never lose a presidential election right again. for the remaining you know u s yep. system so yep. it's kind
1: of a win win and that's not like a paradox, like you know armies agree to not use poison gas against each other, you know what I mean there are things that and this would avoid a lot of conflict. So I to me it's and I'm not just trying to like trick the left or something. I'm saying no, it's wouldn't can't we all agree
0: if, that, if Texas wants to leave, let them go. That's better for everybody. But look, we end up seeing Sarah Silverman comes out on her show saying maybe we need a peaceful what would you say a separation i don't peaceful know if she said divorce did she say peaceful divorce I think so they mean she must be listening to michael malice because
2: i'm more know. into the peaceful separation which is why i bring up the smart contract right. civil disobedience angle because you can leave and then come back when you divorce it's gone forever
0: no ian you, you're not understanding like we're talking about if like why do you believe u.s dollars are valuable right because you can go to the store can and buy stuff with it yeah what if one day the clerk said i don't want your money it's not worth anything to me
2: useless then. Would,
0: would there be one day where you convinced him no the smart contract changed therefore you have to take it now he'd be like get out of my store what do you mean what do you mean by that let's say you have eight hundred thousand people all say one day we no longer want to accept us dollars we think it's valueless and then you're like but we'll do a smart contract that says as soon as the fed's gone we'll all take this back and then one day the system comes back and the, the smart contract flips and now everyone is mandated to accept dollars again, and you walk into the gas station, do you think that clerk will just change his mind? Or do you think he's going to be like, I said I don't take that money anymore. Get out. The smart contract will not change public confidence in a system. If the system, if the confidence breaks, there's no reversing it. I mean, maybe over a few decades and a few generations, you can rebuild that network, but it doesn't work. I
2: I see what you mean that people are going to do what they're used to doing, regardless of what the law says. But if you could... Digitally, because things are going digital now. If you could just digitally kind of just change the money, like so, you're using U.S. dollars now. Tomorrow, you're using Texas dollars, and then when they finally repeal the Federal Reserve, you're using U.S.
0: dollars again. I mean, I think that sounds like a pipe dream. I
2: think seceding peacefully is a pipe dream because there's no way the most powerful military that's ever been ever existed would let a piece of their economy just walk away.
0: I agree. Like in Oregon, these counties want us to secede, like as if Portland's going to let their serfs go. Hmm. But look, let, let me, let me pull up this story. All right. And we'll talk about how bad it is. And maybe, maybe, maybe this story isn't the perfect example. We got this from, from daily mail. Republicans block bill to avoid the government shutdown. Senate votes 48 to 50 to sink funding bill with GOP, leaving it to Democrats to raise the debt ceiling. So the U S is on the verge of default. Has this ever happened before? The actual
1: default? No. Yeah. The the, the debt ceiling arguments always happen.
0: Yeah. And the Republicans always and the Democrats always say, like, I'm going to block you so they Mm -hmm. can try and get leverage. Right. So this isn't. Would you call this situation like remarkable in any sense?
1: I haven't seen anything that sets this apart qualitatively from previous episodes. If That's what you're asking.
0: Yeah, Yeah. What would happen if we did default?
1: So, I mean, I heard, uh, you know, these, what was it, Chuck Schumer was, was, I don't know if it was today or yesterday when he was going through this litany, oh, 9% unemployment and and da-da-da-da. No, I mean, I think the UK government in the 70s defaulted technically on some other bonds. So it's not inconceivable that even major governments do this. And uh, so, you know, I don't have a crystal ball. It would certainly shock people. They're not expecting the US government to do that, but... All that would mean is and people would be less willing to lend money to the federal government. And since the federal government, in my opinion, <clears> is doing all sorts of lawless, criminal things <laughs> with that money, that wouldn't be such a bad thing if people stopped lending it money on such easy terms in the future. I have, like a, crystal, that's what would I have a crystal
2: ball for you one second.
0: Okay. okay. A crystal ball. <laughs> Ian, there's like th- there's two crystal balls. I'm only, I'm
1: only buying it if we write up a smart contract, oh, no. though. Okay. I want a protection. <laughs>
0: Ian actually is bringing a crystal ball over for Robert. Here you go, Robert. Oh, good. Yeah. Is this so you can make predictions on the economy? Yeah,
3: I mean, <laughs> Perfect. I also drink a lot of
2: Eternal Reds.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't think it's actually a crystal ball, but um, you know, I, I want to bring this up because I, I want to stress it's you know I, we we hear this all the time like mm-hmm. the Republicans are like we're going to block it and there's a government shutdown. Right, right. And everyone rolls their eyes, but right now is kind of the worst possible time for this to be happening. There's no unity. We're at a point now where healthcare workers are being fired police are resigning in mass the economy is well actually let me ask you this question is the economy good no i i think it's (laughs) all right right, that's all i need here because i I like to cite this metric where Civics data shows that independent voters republicans say the economy is not good Mm -hmm. democratic voters say the economy is fairly good Mm -hmm. and i'm like what universe do these people live in where (laughs) they think this is a good economy when you have 10.9 million job openings people aren't taking them and so i look at this and i'm like there's no there's no unity even now, amidst this economic crisis, mm-hmm. shortages, fuel shortages, labor shortages, that the politicians are going to are going to keep playing the same stupid games. So I'm curious if you know. I, I you said you don't see this as remarkable at all, but I, I I don't know. Is is there anything here to indicate that it's getting worse? So let me just, just briefly
1: make my standpoint about Republicans. They always annoy me with this thing because the Republicans. You know, since you and I were kids, I think we're close in age. They always talk about, oh, we want to have a balanced budget, constitutional amendment. All they would have to do is not raise the debt ceiling, and then you would have to have a balanced budget because all that means is the Treasury is not allowed to allow, or sorry, is not allowed to let the amount of outstanding public debt get higher than this number. Yeah. And so that means they can't borrow more money. So that means they would have to run balanced budgets, and that doesn't take a constitutional amendment. So it just proves they like posturing and being for small government or fiscal responsibility. But every time they raise the debt
0: ceiling, they're authorizing more deficit spending. I do feel like we're getting to a point where there's probably a lot of conservative voters, populists, mm-hmm. who are like, default, do it.
1: Right. So, yeah, Murray Rothbard's written on this. I'm sure other libertarian economists have as well that it, it does at first sound like irresponsible or somebody saying, what does that mean? What, what the government's doing when it doesn't default, it's po- pointing guns and threatening jail time to people who had nothing to do with the transaction, <laughs> to take money against their will to give as interest payments to people who voluntarily bought treasuries who lent money to the government and so, so to default are you, are you, means that you're not coercing people to pay to those who voluntarily lent
0: money to the government how is that you know so morally that's not a it sounds like what you're saying is the right business to be in is lending money to the government if they're going to go point guns at other people on right. my behalf hey i'll be on the, i'll be on the ba- on the back of that gun instead <laughs> of the front of it
1: sure and and what's funny is even a lot of people who are very you know like minarchist are very small government people usually in terms of the list of things that they would think the government should stop you know they would say, oh yeah no you know aid to foreign countries and you know the government shouldn't be in higher education they go down the list but usually paying interest on the outstanding debt is something that everybody agrees the government should do that and yet that's the one area where those people volunteer you know if you voluntarily lend money to a corporation if if they don't pay you back tough and so hey you lent money to uncle sam and now people don't want to give him more money and he's got a, you know a budget crisis why is it so assumed that you get paid first what would happen
2: so if us government defaults on the debt to the federal reserve and they just say we're not paying you back ever federal reserve goes bankrupt and then the us government's like here's our new currency
1: okay yeah so that's an interesting question so um, i know you guys know this but just for the benefit of the listeners so yeah the, the a, a large portion of the outstanding treasury you know so the u.s treasury owes money to people they have bonds and some of one owner of that is the federal reserve and so what yeah what would people do ask what would happen if the treasury just said you know what why don't we just write off two trillion dollars and we're not paying that um so technically that would make the federal reserve insolvent they would be bankrupt you know their assets would be lower than their liabilities at that point but they could still create money electronically. You know I mean, I don't think they would say, "Well, the jig is up." You know, they would just keep operating. Like
2: the the, the twenty trillion uh, debt that we owe, isn't that all Federal Reserve notes?
1: Uh, no. So it's it's it consists legally speaking in bonds. So the, those are two, conceptually two two separate things you, going can on. Can you explain the difference? Sure. So um, if the if the federal government you know wants to spend two trillion you know, they want to spend ten trillion and they only have eight trillion in tax revenue, they need to borrow two trillion extra. They issue bonds to borrow those from lenders and what the people are holding then is, is a bond. So you, you can't go to the grocery store and buy food with a treasury bond. But the people
2: that are lending the money to the yeah. government isn't that Federal Reserve notes that they're lending to the government?
1: It's either electronic or t- yes, technically, but this technically the same notes could be circulating in the economy
0: and you could be accumulating treasury debt. Can you transfer a treasury bond? What do you mean by that? Can I, like, sign it over to you? Yeah. So theoretically, you could buy groceries with it.
1: You you could if they would accept, but you could buy groceries with chickens and stuff, too. Exactly. But yeah, <laughs> right. Right. So it's an with asset. It's, it's a very liquid asset. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You, you could, but I'm, I'm saying it's not, it's not money per se.
2: I guess it seems like it's all Federal Reserve debt, because if you're going to issue a bond, you're the government. You're mm-hmm. going to issue a bond to somebody that lends you money. They're just lending you money that had been printed by the Federal Reserve anyway.
1: Okay, but by the same token, like... uh if if, if uh, Google issues bonds, technically they're borrowing U.S. dollars too. That doesn't mean all private
0: sector debt is just Federal Reserve notes. But See what I mean? all
2: U.S. dollars are Federal Reserve promissory no, notes. You understand? Not?
0: Like, if the U.S. government says, "Hey, Ian, if you sweep my floor, I'll owe you ten bucks," you're not the Federal Reserve; they owe you ten bucks. Right.
1: Or if if Tim just lends you a hundred dollar bill and you sign something saying, "I owe you a hundred dollars," he paid you with a Federal Reserve note. But that's not that that debt now is, you know, the property of the Federal Reserve. So I'm just saying. There is an interplay, don't get me wrong, but I'm just saying conceptually, those, they're distinct things. But yes, if, like you were saying, Tim, if the, if the, uh, treasury defaulted on the debt that the Fed owns, it's interesting. I mean, technically what would happen is then they wouldn't have the ability. If inflation gets, if price inflation gets out of hand, the way the Fed can try to dampen that is they sell off debt, their, you know, their assets to soak dollars up and destroy them. So they can't do that as well if, some of their assets disappeared because the treasury defaulted on them. So that's part of the issue is the Fed would be less able to control price inflation. And, and
0: the other thing too is, and you gotta understand is that the U.S. has to maintain confidence in the U.S. dollar and by military force if necessary. So they wouldn't just ever be like, okay, Fed, we're done. We're, we're not doing U.S., you know, Federal Reserve notes anymore. We're going to do Fed coin because then China is going to be holding a bunch of toilet paper and they're going to be like, Hey, we're not trading with you unless you accept what you've given us or what you owe us. So it's not just it, – it's, it's an interconnected system. What I if mean if the U.S. wanted to go full-on isolationist, self-sustainability, like just no more conversation. Oh, they could do that be like, hey, everybody, congratulations. We're issuing you know America coin. That's the currency of this country. U.S. dollars are gone. China can screw itself.
2: Well, what you could do is every, every U.S. dollar that China is, owes or has, you could just give them a U.S. coin for. And so we'd have like 28 trillion coins to start. It's a little
0: excessive, but whatever. They got us into this situation. I, they, so no more there are rumors about uh, cryptocurrency. Have you heard of FedCoin? Yeah. Is it, are, are they calling it FedCoin or what are they calling it? I don't think they're calling it. I think right, the, we're the cynics. That. Do but <laughs> US, USBC. <laughs> I think uh, United States yeah. Bank
1: Coin. I think is what's called. Yeah. I'm, I don't. I don't know off the top of my head what the, what oh, the official really? term is. Just yeah. like QE, the Fed never called those
0: programs QE. That was like just what right, Wall right, Street right. dubbed them. If uh, when when we when we inflate our currency, when we pump out new dollars and, and, and stuff like that through quantitative easing, mm-hmm. right? So how, how does that work?
1: Okay so the the Federal Reserve just buys assets electronically and then in the act of doing that so if the Fed wants to buy a billion dollars worth of mortgage backed securities it creates a concept. check then that check by law clears manifests right because the the bank you know like Citi, <laughs> Citibank you know the the seller of the bonds deposits the check from the Fed and then Citibank says to the Fed we got a check from you for a billion dollars to this client and the Fed says yep that's good so the Fed just adds a billion dollars to the electronic de- balance of yeah. Citibank, and then Citibank adds a billion to the deposit of that client. So it just magically- Money is
0: fake. The money supply went up by a billion dollars. And so when inflation comes natural from that, I have to imagine you know China and other countries are like, hey, yo, what the hell? Because we have debt, and you're devaluing the debt we have right. with you. So they right. get pissed off about that.
1: Yeah, it's, it's China and other you know big holders. They're in this weird position where I think they want to diversify out of it, but yet- if they just say to the world, you know what, we don't trust the dollar anymore, then it could crash it. And, and so it's a value. weird, it's sort of like if, if Bill Gates wanted to sell Microsoft stock, you know, he'd have to, you know, go through a divorce or just divest himself
0: because of, you know, charitable concerns. So you there know, was a lot a, of people say that's why he did it. Correct me if I'm wrong, but what, there was a time when in order to expand the money supply, they had to find more gold. When they're making gold coins and silver, they were like, if you don't have the materials to make it, you can't make it.
1: Right, so I'm sure everybody is vaguely aware of the gold standard and how you know Nixon ended. It. But actually, to me, the the really cool period was original, you know, with the constitutional founding, the, you know, late 1780s up through um, the civil right before the Civil War. The U.S. federal government did not issue paper dollars. It, what they did is they said, if you want dollars, you have to bring in a certain amount of raw gold or silver, and we will stamp them at you know U.S. mints. Into coins that say you know twenty dollars or one dollar if it's silver, yeah. and so the public, in a sense, determined the quantity of dollars in existence based on those legal rate. You know they announced the ratios, of especially
0: like the government was certifying this. This was we're, a true and correct weight. Exactly
1: right. So the money, so the, the the money was gold and silver, and like that's how like Mises and other you know economists of the time thought of it. Like they thought money and so sil- sil- or sorry, gold and silver were the actual money. And you're right, the government all it was. Doesn't the Constitution was say that? Right. So it was, it, that's the thing too. Like it gave the government the authority to coin money. It didn't mean to print up fiat dollars. It meant yeah. like, it was the same way like it could set weights and measures. So it could say like 12 inches is a foot. Fl- you know what I mean? Just to sort of, to allow commerce to flourish by having s- standard units. This is what we mean by a dollar. It's this many so, grains
0: of gold. So the Fed right now can simply say, Hey Ian, you got a billion dollars. And that's it. Here's a billion dollars.
1: Yes, but they wouldn't just give it to them. They would buy something for it because they're not done. Right, of they're going to get a billion dollars. But i they, or just, they could saying, give like, it to
2: me though if I was a friend of, fun, of a friend
1: or something. They could buy the crystal ball from you and say it's a million dollar or a billion dollars and buy it and acquire it, and that's the way they could funnel it to you. Yes. What about
2: like my work? Like uh, a nice jolly hello is like
1: I'm. I'm now giving them some advice, and they can give me a billion dollars for that. So economically, there would be nothing stopping. I think there might be <laughs> statutes about you know they couldn't just pay you for a so service. We would think that,
0: that we we, we talked about this uh, on one show where um. I was buying, uh, I was was buying something from a bank. I had to do a wire transfer from one bank to another. And then, uh, so I I bought a truck. We bought a truck for our mobile production studio. And then one day I get a call from this bank and I'm like, they have no business to call me because I settled that debt. Mm -hmm. But then eventually I decided to check my messages and they're like, we're calling about an outstanding debt you have. So what happened was, bank A transfers money. I, I said, here's all the information that was provided for me and it was all true and correct. They say, okay, the wire transfer has been initiated; it should clear soon. The other bank that was supposed to receive it said, "We never got it. We have never received that that wire." So then I'm like, okay. So I called my bank, and they're like, "No, we have it right here, written down. The money's gone." And I'm like, "Then where's the money?" And they're like, "It's gone. It just literally doesn't exist." So, it, it, how yeah, does in the it, South Park they, episode? <laughs> no, I mean this literally happened <laughs> right, to me right, a few right, months no. ago. If the, the banking system is literally just one bank writing down a number and saying you mm. have it. And the other ba- bank writing down a number saying you don't have it. And if one bank fails to write down a number, then the money is just gone. Eventually, I contacted somebody and they told me, you know, they ignored me. And then I tweeted about it. And that's, that's the magic word in today's, you know, fascistic social dystopia. Where if, you've, if you have if you have enough followers you can tweet your problems away. Right. right. I'm fortunate enough to have been able to be like, hey bank, what's going on? Where's my money? And then immediately I get like a liaison I'm like, we're so sorry, Mister Pohl, We'll resolve this for you. And, and, and then they eventually said, okay, okay, we we figured it out and don't worry about it. But the crazy thing is for a regular person, if you have two banks and one bank says we went into your bank and hit delete on that amount, it's gone. Mm-hmm. You can't do anything about it. Yeah, I mean, and there is, in a very legitimate, or not legitimate, that makes it sound like
1: it's okay, in a very real sense that, like, a bank, when it grants a mortgage to somebody, there is a sense in which, you know, M1 is the, is the term, like, that's the measure of the money supply. They, that literally went up, like the way economists measure how many dollars are in existence. And so but, the commercial banking system can expand and contract the money supply through lending well, when they, or when, mistakes, like in your case. Yeah, when they do loans, that money comes from nowhere, right? Right. So, I mean, it's, there's constraints. They can't just create a trillion dollars. Like, there's things that would happen. Right. The reserves will get drained. But, but yes, yeah, strictly speaking, there's nothing in the accounting. Like, when a bank makes a loan, it's qualitatively different from, like, if, if the bar or something just gives you a
0: drink and puts it on your tab. Like, there's a sense in which they're creating so, more dollars. Basically, you know, Ian says he wants to buy, you know, my bottle of water, mm-hmm. uh, or, or, you know, this, this bottle of water. And so I say, okay, I'll give you a loan to purchase it. I, as the bank, then just type in to to the owner's account you have a, a dollar, and then Ian owes me a dollar, but I never actually transferred a dollar to anybody right
1: oh, yeah, yeah, so may, maybe the way to think about it is um, because remember we were talking about you couldn't like use a treasury bond to go to the grocery store yeah. you can go and buy you know you can use a twenty dollar bill like federal reserve note right that's money, but you can also if the bill's twenty dollars, you can take out your bank debit card and swipe it, and technically what's happening is. You know, Bank of America, let's say, is saying, "Oh, right now, Tim Poole has whatever a thousand dollars in his checking account. He swiped that, so now we'll say he only has nine eighty, and we'll credit you, you know, uh, Kroger or whatever the grocery store is around here, an extra twenty dollars in your checking account." Yeah. So you're right, but th- that's th- a checking account,
0: th- right? But I'm saying that, no, they didn't need to do anything. Like it's just on their computer. What, I, what I mean is, right. if you use so what I what I've been told is that when you use a credit card, right. there's no actual transfer of funds. The credit card swipe literally just gives $20 to the other person's account and then nothing is subtracted from anywhere.
1: Okay, so, so right, so where I was going with that is to say, so you can see the grocery store does consider what Bank of America says as people, like how much money we owe you. If you showed up and wanted your, to empty your checking account, we would give it to you and people treat that as as good as Federal Reserve notes. Right. So that's different from just, you know, you giving him that bottle of water, and him saying, "I owe you whatever ten dollars or whatever." Like when 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 a loan is is given to somebody, that money is created, right? And 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 the reason <laughs> the reason there's a distinction with what the commercial banks do is because for various reasons, the merchants in the community treat you know IOUs from the banks as being interchangeable or fungible with Federal Reserve notes, whereas most other
0: let's, let's put credits, it this way, they don't. Let's say a, a bank. Uh, so it's it's what they can they can lend out like nine times or ninety ninety percent of their existing cash reserve. Well,
1: that used to be the the, the Fed got rid of the reserve requirements. So there, so that particular thing is now it's <laughs> when, when, when did they do that? They did <clears throat> when did um it was it was like in April. It was right after the coronavirus thing hit. Wow, really? Yeah. And, they, and they this is funny. They they announced it on a, they announced it on a Sunday night, and in the press release you had to go read the follow-up. Like, it's just said. we've made some other changes, and you had to go read the follow-up press release to see that they got rid so, of reserve so, requirements in 2020.
0: So does that mean they can just literally create money at any point for any reason? Okay, so
1: that's what I was saying before. So there's no statutory legal constraint on what they can lend, but there there is a mechanism so... Um, if they lend out too much money, you know, like if people want to buy homes and they'd lend out a trillion dollars for people to go buy homes. People right. go and write checks in there. Let's just, I want to make yeah. sure
0: we're getting this clear is what I'm trying right. to get at. Right. Like, I don't understand. The bank isn't giving you money. The loan manifests the money upon signature. Like the money is created out of thin air for the loan's purpose. Right. Okay. So like basically the bank doesn't, doesn't actually go to its coffers, take a dollar out of its piggy bank and hand it to you. They just write it on a piece of paper. They just they just poof, a dollar's there. Right. And they
1: they credit your account with you want to go buy a car it's $20,000 and you apply for a loan.
0: So that expands the money supply by $20,000. Right.
1: But I I don't want your listeners to uh, take what I'm saying too far. There are constraints because if they're if they're too reckless any one bank if it expands too much when there's clearing house transactions with other bank you know so the car dealership that now you deposit that check for 20,000 that was created out of thin air electronically that de- dealerships if they have a different bank when they go to settle up with your bank they're not just going to say oh Bank of America is good for it they're going to say send us Federal Reserve notes or they're going to actually say you know S- with your account with the Fed and our account with the fed settle up with us so there is a constraint ultimately that it's called having reserves. So the commercial right. banks can't create Federal Reserve notes and they can't compel the Fed to credit their own checking account with the Fed. So the the Fed can do whatever it wants because there's, there's no one above the Fed. The Fed just, if it creates money, creates money, period. The commercial banks, there is a sense in which by making is, a loan they do it, but if they do it too aggressively, the chickens come home to is roost. Is
0: this intentionally confusing?
1: Y- yes. And I'm sitting here trying to decide how much detail to get into or not because <laughs> I don't want to say something that taken out of context sounds like I'm saying something wrong, but... But, yes, there is a sense in which they can create money. Commercial banks do have limits. The Fed has no money. limit. The, the, only right. limit yeah, the only limit on the Fed is so just the price inflation gets too high.
0: These local banks literally be like, I'm going to create a $100 bill for you, Ian, so you can buy that you know, expensive champagne. Y- yes. There's nothing so
1: stopping them from doing except if they do that too much. So that's, their that, that, that's money turned. they create. When Ian pays them back, where does that money go? So if they don't relend the funds out, that money gets destroyed. And so that's the sense in which the commercial banks expand and contract credit, and that's why Mises, that was his theory of the business cycle, incidentally, that the commercial banking system, they push down interest rates, expand credit, causes a boom, they chicken out for some reason, they raise interest rates, contract credit, the supply of money in a very real sense decreases,
0: and that causes a crash. That removal of the uh, reserve requirements sounds like the U.S. dollar is worthless and on the verge of imploding. So
1: I... I'm surprised more people didn't notice it and make a big deal out of it, and it's part of the reason they didn't is because since um, the 2008 financial crisis with all the rounds of QE, as you you may know, the banks were just sitting on excess reserves, like they were they had money pumped in by the Fed, and then they didn't lend out like you said, like the 10 times multiple they normally could have, and so. When the Fed got rid of those reserve requirements, it, it didn't change any of the legal obligations. In other words, the banks already were well above what the requirements were. Yeah. So getting rid of the reserves didn't constrain them. But you're right. So Some other countries don't have reserve requirements, too. So it's not like this is the one country where that's the case. Yeah, but, but it, it is a
0: petrodollar country.
1: Yeah, but it is. Um, you're right. I, I was alarmed by it. And like I said, the way the <laughs> Fed... They, I'm buying more Bitcoin. They did it on a Sunday night, and they, it was under the radar. And, and so... The they
0: also they also removed the limits on savings accounts, converting them into checking accounts. Basically, is that what happened? Right.
1: Yep.
2: <laughs> what does that mean exactly?
1: You. Uh, well, you could explain it. I'm not gonna. So they they made a change where um, I believe before it was if you had it was technically a savings account, you could only move money from that into your checking account six times per month, and they got rid of that rule so that. There's really, in practice, now, no distinction between checking and savings accounts. Like it
0: basically. So basically, savings were like considered not in the money supply because you have a limit—six transactions per month—from savings to checking, and it was supposed to be at savings, you know, higher interest, and you put it in savings. Then they said no more, which means all of a sudden the money supply exploded. And everyone's like, you've seen the M1 money right, stock just right, right. skyrocket and everyone's like, You gotta understand him. This is funny, they were like, You're misunderstanding this. They're not it's not an explosion in the money supply. They just changed the way they describe checking and savings, and I'm like, yo. They just said to extract your savings like it's your checking. That is an explosion in the money supply, and it's extremely bad news for this country. To 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 to, to, to flat out say, hey everybody, you know your savings? Start spending it like it's all you got. It's basically them saying like, "Oh yeah, we're imploding." And you can take
2: like a million dollars in your checking account and at the end of the month, move it into savings, get the interest, and then move it back.
1: Uh, well, if you did do that, you'd only get it for, for the the brief oh, time you had it in yeah. there. You know what I mean? But to your so I'm that that's right. So let me just give you my take on that. So just for the people that are listening. M, so M1 is one measure that includes checking accounts, but not savings. Accounts. M2 included savings accounts. And so you're right. If you look at graphs, you know, it's going along. A and then in 2020, all of a sudden, M1 goes through the roof. And so people were alarmed. And then you're right. The apologist for the Fed was like, oh, was you right wing nut jobs, or whatever. You're always freaking out. It's just a, a statistical, a redefinition. <laughs> but even if you use the old definition, M1 still went up a lot. Because oh, yeah. of, you know what I mean? So and to, it's still
0: at a speeding,
1: angle speeding up right. like crazy. And because M2, which the definition change didn't affect, also spikes. And so I think partly to, maybe the reason they did that was to have an excuse so people wouldn't be panicked by the spike you know i can't prove that obviously but mm-hmm. it was convenient that people were like oh no no spike. when it was like half the <laughs> spike was because the you know the money supply by any definition really did skyrocket we, we got it pulled up
0: and you can see like in uh around March of 2020, huh. the straight spike just goes straight up between from April to, you know, the month of April is a straight line up. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you know, the rules were changed in how we describe things. But if you look after that, April 2020 until now, the difference between before the spike and after, before the spike, it's like this. Mm-hmm. After the spike, it's like that. I mean, you guys can see it. You don't need me to use my hand. But it's like it's slowly going up major spike, and then it's skyrocketing after the rule change. And
1: are you looking at M1? Yeah. If you pull up M2, I don't know if you're Fred or what you're looking at, but M2 is not affected by the definition change. And so you can see M2 also spiked in April 2020 to show this isn't just a definition change. They really did pump in a bunch of money.
0: It's not as pronounced in M2, but you can see there is a spike, and you can see that from then till now it is increasing, the money supply is increasing faster than it was beforehand. Right. So there's the one Shift like you're saying, and the rate of increase. I didn't. Uh, I didn't know about that fraction. That that reserve restriction. Re- right. Removal. It, was,
1: it was all in the same time period. Wow. Where they started I, doing that. If, if I if they had known
0: the, that, I would have bought
1: way more Bitcoin. And the and the, also, like the Fed started buying stocks. You know, like they did a lot of stuff because <laughs> everyone's freaking out about coronavirus, and so the Fed got no all one's paying
0: business. attention. Right. Right. Wow. Can well, we, I'm like, not going to give anyone financial advice, but I keep. Uh, you know, I'm. We've been uh, expanding the business. And i my attitude is like, hire people, you know, um, you know, expand our facilities, get more equipment. And people are like, you know, don't you want to, like, you, you, the, there are questions about how fast we should be trying to expand and what we should be trying to build. And I'm like, look, I'm not going to sit around on this stuff when inflation is as high as it, as it is. We're like, we had Max Kaiser on the show and he said real inflation is probably closer to 14%. Mm. Do you have any opinions on the, on the inflation rate in that capacity?
1: I mean, this is anecdotal, but when I go to the grocery store now, even and I'm not talking Whole Foods. I mean, just like
0: Walmart and whatever. Yeah. I can't get out of there without spending two hundred dollars. I mean, I'm even buying oh, meat. Dude, it's I, we, so bad. We, we went to the grocery store the other day and we filled up our cart, and the final bill was like thirty percent higher than it was a few months ago. And I was just like, "Whoa!" And I'm like, "What? do... We, I'm looking at the receipt. Like, what did what right, what happened? Right.
3: Oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: but um. You know, any, anyway, and also they're doing tricks too with like the packaging.
1: Like you're not getting as much Cheerios in your box as you. Used oh, they're to. getting and smaller. The, and the
0: the cardboard is is thinner. If you've noticed that, like they're so doing all sorts of things. Right now, I'm just saying, like the last thing I want to be holding onto is U.S. dollars. So I bought, you know, some crypto. We're uh, just making sure that we're not sitting on the money and we're expanding the business. It's so like I don't want just money sitting in the bank. Now we're gonna make sure we have the right cameras, the right microfo- mic- microphones. We're looking at, at, at uh, we, we just hired someone. Uh, we hired another person today to help us expand and and produce more content, and make things go faster. There's a period in my life where I'm like I'm, I, I was always very much just save, save, save. Now mm-hmm. it's like get off dollars, invest got, it in something else. We
2: gotta be careful about hiring because there we're gonna to need to pay them more eventually because the, the inflation isn't gonna isn't gonna cap like the land that you get or the cameras. That's good, but. And people next year are going to be, need to be paid 20 or 30%. Oh, and,
0: so, and will need to be paid more to cover their costs too. Right. So I'm saying, like, instead of just holding on to, I mean, uh, I don't know if this is a, did Mines make a public announcement recently? I don't want to say anything. It's not public. I don't know. I don't know, to be honest. Okay. Let's then the, yeah, it we'll, yeah. Bill uh, Yeah. So, but, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of companies that are announcing, um, they're getting off fiat. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: 25% is now, mines. they, they went 25% of their, of their, um, balance sheet balance sheet is now in crypto wow
0: i think you're going to see way more of that and you know they're like china's banning crypto i'm like shut up they ban crypto every other month they
2: started a central crypt they started a cryptocurrency and then
0: banned all the other ones yep nice the u.s has got its plans for its you know coin or whatever i don't know i, I don't think you know all of these ultra millionaires and billionaires who have bought into bitcoin are planning on losing it Right. Especially overnight. So whenever these stories come out, it's always the poor people who sell off their cryptocurrencies. I'm not giving any advice. You do whatever you want to do. I'm just saying the last thing I want to be sitting on is, is fiat currency. We want to hold things that will be good investments and, and hedge against the cru- – like this is we're, – we're in a death spiral as far as, as, far as I can tell. Hey,
2: I just to clarify, did China actually – they started a crypto – a central cryptocurrency? I read one, that. But that. I didn't – yeah, I didn't, <laughs> I I I didn't go deeply into fact-checking it. I
3: didn't go deep yet. into it. I saw it.
2: Someone was like, that's why they made it illegal. I don't know, man. What is legal well, with, with, what does without, that even mean without giving
0: advice mm-hmm. to anybody? Just what are your personal opinions on the US, state of the U.S. dollar? Sure. sure. So I, I should uh, admit
1: this that I I was very worried after the financial crisis in two thousand eight, and so I was you know going around. in my role like affiliate with the Mises Institute and just in general as an economist? And I was warning people about the stuff we were talking about, like how the banks create you know fraction reserve and so forth. And I thought you, we were going to see higher consumer price inflation earlier. And and so I even, you know, I had a public wager with another com and, and I lost that. And guys oh, like wow. Paul Krugman were running victory labs making fun of me. And so <laughs> if you, if you, like, you would mention Wikipedia. My Wikipedia entry is like, I was born. I lost that price inflation bet. And then, you know, maybe now I'll be on Tim Pool's show and they'll be the there three things that they, they mentioned in my life. But, um, so, but and there, you know, I'm going to say, well, I think the rest of the world investors were just misanticipated. You know, what I mean, like I, I do think the dollar is going to crash in our lifetime for sure. I think it's going to be a lot sooner than that just because every time a crisis hits now, their solution is they throw trillions of new dollars at it. And so unless they stop doing that, you know, I think it's and like I said, we've, we've seen it now with our own eyes. Like it, it was kind of weird and you know, guys like me were, you know, people were calling us chicken littles and whatnot. And so I, I sort of was mute about it for a while because it, you know, it didn't come when I thought it was going to, but at this point, clearly prices are rising rapidly around the country
0: if last year beginning of last year you bought steel chlorine cars computer chips cryptocurrency you'd be set for life i mean if you bought bitcoin last year like beginning of last year you said i'm gonna put all my money in it right now you would never have to work again like the amount that it's gone up since then is, is absolutely insane. Mm.
2: Have you have you studied a debt recall at all? Like the history of it over the the millennia. I think the ancient Greece had
1: a debt recall. Do, do you mean like where they just reset everything? Is yeah. that what you're saying? I mean, I haven't studied
3: it's it. In the I mean. Bible, yeah.
2: Where they they're, they're like bring us all of your denars like like the and then jubilee, we're gonna,
1: like every fifty years yeah. jubilee in the Bible and stuff. Yeah.
2: Like is that what? I mean, inevitably, I'm looking at this like like it just is like I'm staring at a big pink elephant, and it is that
1: this fiat system is. Going to crash, right? So I, to me, I think that's partly tied in with this whole great reset and everything. Like I think the people running the system know that they're, you know, they're kind of pushing it to the limit, and that's why they're trying to get ahead of it. And you know, this is going to happen, and then they're going they they have things in the wings that they're going to bring in to replace. The dollar is what is what I think ultimately is going to come down. Like they'll use BlackRock and then seize all of BlackRock assets, BlackRock's assets, and then they'll have all the land and then they'll start renting it out to people for cheap or just for their slave labor or something. I mean, I don't know about those particular details, but but yes, I I think they they do want to move to a society where there's a few you know multi-trillion at that point dollar companies in league with powerful states, and you know, and they they kind of own all the Real estate and whatnot, and everybody else is like a surf, like we said. And so they're, you know, and they, they probably won't use US dollars at that point.
0: Yeah, you'll get a little book, you'll get an app, and the app will be like, Did you get your loaf of bread this week? And Jeez, then you'll like, you'll go to the store hand. and you'll right. scan it, 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 your it, phone. But, by the way, to
1: me, another thing I see is like they're trying to get everyone off cash. Yep. And I mean, just little things. Like when I go to the ATM now, it, the options it gives me for withdrawal, it only goes up to $200. You, can, I can still type in in a different screen to get more but 20 right. years ago it offered $300 right now we just said like that could go in one visit to the grocery store so it's you would think it would let you take out
0: 700 right now is it just a
1: default option but mean, it doesn't so i think they're trying to wean people off of holding cash and get everyone just swiping cards because they can control I, I, that
0: i think that uh special interests politicians uh nonprofits want the labor shortage mm-hmm. it's forcing kiosks and self checkout so there's a, there's a big conversation about, you know, how do we if, if we've got the potential for kiosk ordering at fast food restaurants, right. how do we transition people out of these jobs? They're going to get mad when they lose their jobs. Nobody wants Luddite riots, right? Mm-hmm. So what happens is, hey, look, we got this opportunity. There's there's people are freaking out. Let's now just start sh- switching all of these things over to self-checkout, to self-service, to kiosks. Right. And then no one's going to complain about losing their job because we're giving them unemployment benefits. Right. And they're, and they're also
1: – the, that's the push for UBI and everything that they're – they're t- yeah, you're right. I think they're trying to get the public used to the idea that every month you just get a check from the government and then you're happy, right? And then you sit at home and you communicate people, through your screens and we people, regulate
0: that flow of information. They'll be more miserable than ever than, mm. than they've ever been when that happens. Oh, sure. But – Purposeless, the, confused – Angry
2: Yeah, I got this feeling like we talk about currency, I think of electrical currency. And mm-hmm. that the the future of currency is electricity and fusion. I keep thinking about fusion like it's like they they're the government or whoever is in charge is afraid that if people get the power of fusion that it would be too dangerous to give the individuals infinite almost near infinite electricity. But
0: I mean cold fusion maybe, but what uh, other way mean, could there be Then Currency is already energy. O- currency is always energy, energy. energy Is a f- electricity always. is a
2: form of currency. So are dollars, but I think dollars are becoming defunct.
0: Dollars represent energy. They don't represent anything anymore. No, they, they, they represent energy. They used they, to they, represent they, gold and silver. For one, the U.S. dollar is backed uh, uh, sort of by oil. It's the petrodollar. But it's also that the, the it's, it's currency and value has always been the energy to, to you know that someone needs for some kind of outcome. So initially, we had wood. We had coal. We had all these different various forms of energy. When we would trade with someone, we want them to exert their energy towards us for some reason. So when you say the future of currency is electricity, I'm like, we already have the petrodollar. dollar. It's already, you know, very much so about fossil fuels to power all of our machines and all of our systems. So already, energy is backing our currency.
2: But oil's heavy. So like, if I was like, hey, hey neighborhood, I want some food. I'll, I'll give you some of my electricity so you can power your house and heat your home. Like those are things that really matter. Having electricity, having heating. Like, like petroleum for heating your house? But it's heavy. You can't, it's, that's why we developed money in the first How place. How do we make electricity? There's lots of ways to make electricity. What are the, what's the principal way we make electricity? I don't know. You'd have to get a, I mean, there's lots of
0: ways, but we coal. get, we get, yeah, you burn stuff. That's one way to do it. But the principal way we get electricity is coal. We burn coal and other fuels and now natural gas to pressurize systems. So, yeah, you're, you're, you're saying it's heavy, but electricity is actually the afterproduct of the fossil fuels. So, yes, my point is that the fossil fuels generate electricity. Electricity is already partly, but it's more than just that combustion, kinetic energy. We convert fuels into into mo- motion. That's, that's
2: just j- too heavy to use as currency, though. That's the problem with it. You need lightweight. That's why we develop digital currency. That's why we develop paper or cotton dollars, because you can carry it around. Electricity
0: so- is extremely difficult to move in store. I know right now it is batteries and I think that's
2: intentional that's I don't want to go down the conspiracy route but I think that this stuff's being suppressed because they want to they want to limit the power of the individual all right well well
0: let's see what the super chats have to say if you haven't already send us a super chat smash that like button subscribe to the channel don't forget go to timcast.com because we are going to have a members only segment coming up after the show just for all of you amazing members who support our work And let's read what do we got here all right let's see Deprived Dolphin says, hey, crew, a judge recently ordered that my work mandate vaccines, exception for medical and religious. I'm refusing. They will have to fire me. Well, good for you for standing up for what you believe in. And it's unfortunate that we've come to this. All right, let's see. One, two says, any reason you haven't mentioned the illegal 50,000 illegal votes in the audit? And yes, they are illegal. There's no way around it. Uh, namely because I'm researching it. Uh, people were like, Tim's not going to talk about it. Well, look, man, I'm not going to take any bold claims and just outright read, like, here's what it said. I need to actually talk to some people. It's not something I can easily do, especially to be, you know, uh, to be fair. Today was particularly hectic here with the the projects we're working on. But yes, um, I've read a little bit. I've not read enough to be confident to opine on uh, Arizona's audit. I can just put that put that way for now. But I'd like to actually get maybe, like, you know, Bannon to come back or something, and then we would do, like, a, a podcast episode of TimCast.com. I've had Matt Brainerd on the show. We've had Steve Bannon on the show. We put that stuff on TimCast.com where you guys are able to see it uninterrupted and unimpeded. YouTube is a minefield. But at the very least, YouTube provides that bridge from YouTube to the website and to other outlets so that the information still persists in the ecosystem. All right. B. Anderson says, Tim, you said something in your earlier segment saying along the lines of they are not going to ask for help, then filter out the ones they don't want. That's not entirely true. Beggars are being choosers. I'm not sure what you were referring to. Beverly Baum says, I love you guys, but I miss Luke. Luke was on his way here Luke. when he suffered an unfortunate uh, uh, trucking accident. <laughs> oh, geez. No, I don't know exactly that what happened. was terrible. He was just like, hey, I'll be there Saturday. And then he said he couldn't make it because he was having car trouble. So uh, Luke will be returning. And it's, all, it's, it's, it's perfect timing, too, because we are really close to the new studio being done. Mm-hmm. The construction is almost entirely done. We just need to set up the supports for the table. Once we do that, though, then we've got to do the camera positioning. We're going to have, like, wall-mounted cameras. It's going to be really, really awesome. The lighting is amazing. I don't know if you guys have watched the vlog, but the lighting is a ring of LED lights around the ceiling. So it's, like, perfectly lit. It's amazing. All right. Let's see. What do we got here? John Eakin says, how would you feel about dropping the business tax rate from 25% to 5% if companies evenly distribute the other 20% among its employees, eliminate tax deductions? And if companies don't, then their tax rate would be 30% and make social security opt in. Did you catch all that?
1: Yeah. I mean, I would like to make the business tax rate 0%. Um, and so, you know, but if he's given options to lower it. Uh, and as far as social security, yeah, I have a whole uh, article. People Google, you know, Robert Murphy, social security reform. I think you'll you can find it. Where that's what I was trying to do. There, there's because what happens right now with social security is, I think if you allowed people to opt out, they would get a higher you know rate of return on their investment. You know, just private sector, right? And also too, the the government could borrow. I don't know if it's true right now, but a few years ago, when interest rates were really, low, the government could have borrowed on better terms from just private lenders than it was implicitly paying workers. In other words, when you when they take your social your payroll taxes, your contributions, and then they promise you benefits down the road, implicitly they're forcing you to lend them money. Right. And so they were actually paying a higher rate of return on that than they could borrow in the you know out in the regular debt market. So it was like a win win thing where let people opt out. And that would just, you know, it would fi- it would fix the finances
0: or it would improve them and then allow people more f- flexibility. All right. Andrew Kramer says, did you guys see that Colonel Stuart Scheller is being incarcerated for speaking up about the military leadership's failure regarding Afghanistan? I did not hear that. Did you guys hear that? No, no. I
3: didn't hear that. No,
0: that's crazy. Look that up. Joseph Henson says, it's been a hell of a ride, boys. Yep that trevor ellis says evening tim and crew from canada as a construction contractor i've been refused service from local suppliers because i refused the jab 20-year relationship gone the fear-mongering is real up here oh yeah man all right james johnson says just watched stargate episode that alternate earth dimension had suspended all assets of democracy almost had an anxiety attack you ever see uh stargate sg1
1: I, I have i don't know that episode though
0: there's an episode where uh it's in i think season two maybe i'm not sure maybe one um daniel goes through what's called a quantum mirror and he goes to an earth that's under alien attack so they've suspended basically all rights mm-hmm. and they're like we have no choice There were riots they, they they wouldn't support the war effort we're about to be wiped out by an alien race and so you're like watching the american president and these people give you their justification where they're like we have we have to do it otherwise we die they had to divert like 80% of all electricity towards a system to like defend themselves. So everyone's working around the clock, slave labor. Otherwise the aliens destroy the planet. And
2: FYI, if aliens attacked right now, we are doomed because we <laughs> sit on a stupid centralized
0: electric grid. Come on. Seriously. They'd come and they'd be like, oil production over. And then we'd be like, Oh no, what do we do? <laughs> yep. All right. I bloodroot says grandpa with dementia passed Saturday. Alone in an NJ hospital. Luckily, my dad got to see him a week ago. Hospital won't let priests in to perform last rites. Oh. He's cremated, but no funerals, wakes allowed anyway. Thank you for keeping me sane. Love y'all. That is brutal, man. I am sorry, sorry to hear that. This this is it's 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 a purge, man. It's a culture revolution. It's it's just everything all rolled into one. We are watching a slow motion fifth generational uh, um, coup revolution, whatever you want to call it. In every facet, it's political, it's cultural, it's financial. It's happening right before our eyes in slow motion. I feel like we're watching the puppets
2: dancing and that we have the opportunity to build the puppetry, the puppet master with technology and the code, software code. But a lot of it's what's what the puppets are doing
1: when in reality you should be focusing on the puppeteer.
4: Hmm.
1: Yeah, it surprised me how fast they I wouldn't have guessed a year ago that they would have federally put out like the vaccine mandates and whatnot. Like I'm, I'm surprised given the opposition to it that how, how aggressively they're pushing that.
0: All right, let's see what we got. Toby Walker says there are numerous open source versions of Unix, but yes, Linux was originally a hacked and reverse engineered Unix, enhanced by Richard Stallman. The GPL license is a special thing. Please check it out. There Should we go. make
2: Linus Torvald a saint? <laughs> a saint? Why? Himself. Saint Torvald? He, he built. He built Linux.
0: You know, it, well, um, he saved a bunch of corporations untold sums of cash.
2: It's so a lot of good. I went to so does Stallman.
0: Um, I can't remember what store I was at. It was a big chain store, and their self checkouts were running Linux. I mean they all do. But something happened where it crashed and it was very obviously you could see the Linux screen. And then I thought it was funny and I was like, Oh look, it's Linux and like one of my hacker friends was like, Why would they spend money on closed source proprietary software when Linux is free? And I'm like, Oh yeah. Hmm. So when they've got to operate, you know, five hundred thousand terminals at all of their chain stores around the world, use the free software instead of paying ridiculous sums, you know? So there you go. Crispy Cade says, Tim, have you seen the, quote, talk while it's still legal shirt Rihanna wore? She's also siding with Nicki Minaj. The culture war is turning. Or maybe, I don't know, maybe these people have never trusted the government. You know, maybe these, these you know, uh, I, I mean, these people as in like Rihanna, Nicki Minaj, and you know, Lil Wayne, this crew, these, this group of, of individuals and friends. Not to mention, I think it's fair to point out Joe Biden saying the Tuskegee Airmen when he meant Tuskegee Experiments, but the <laughs> Tuskegee Experiments, a good case of, you know, the black community not trusting the government. Glacia says to Ian, a parallel internet might even be necessary by this point. Look up Project New IP by Huawei that will be voted by the ITU in 2022. It acts as anonymity and no endpoint buffers against viruses. Whoa. Interesting.
2: Yeah, there'll probably be um, near infinite amounts of parallel internets running.
0: All right. Edward Saucedo says, COVID camp in Centralia, Washington is looking for an isolation and quarantine strike team member. Job DOH 5814. Yeah, people are tweeting that like crazy. You see that one? Uh It's like a job opening for an isolation and quarantine strike team member. I didn't look it up, but you know. All right. Let's see. Andrew Broswell says, your impressive top tier Austro-Libertarian podcast podcaster collection is nearly complete. (laughs) Now that you've had Bob Malice, Dave Smith, Peter Quinones, and Scott Horton on, the only person you're missing is the heroic Tom Woods. Ah, I knew it. All right. Uh, call him <laughs> up. We'll have to I get know. him Have you guys
2: been in a room together, all you
1: guys?
3: <laughs> That'd be fun, yeah.
1: No, we thought it'd be too dangerous for the <laughs> yeah. liberty movement. So.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah, right. yeah, it's how they, they fly the president and vice president right, separately, exactly. right? Yep. <laughs> you can't have them all in the same place. All right, let's see. Track Media Only says, Ask South Korean and Taiwan how separation's been working for them. Then with the U.S. gone, how about Russia has treated borders since USSR broke up? Long-term loss for short-term gain at best. With China waiting, it isn't even that. Um, I'll put it this way. I think the U.S. breaking up is dangerous and terrifying because China just sweeps it and takes whatever they want. So not good in the long run, but what's the alternative? International conflict with China? It's got to be something new that hasn't been thought of yet. Hmm. A some kind of messiah-like figure returns, a Superman or a, a saint figure. Yeah,
2: like the second coming that convinces everyone that they are the second coming. What?
1: We're all fingers of God, man.
2: <laughs>
4: okay. What
1: could hit, what my hope though on that, Tim, is that, like, like we say, Texas or other states break away. And then, yeah, on paper, it looks like, oh, so now if the U.S. empire falls, China takes over. And that certainly will happen. I think the Chinese, you know, will be the people in charge of the, you know, 21st century. But, like, a free Texas, let's say that it's so productive and, you know, that they really are free, you know, the freest country on earth, then that in other words the statist underestimate the power of actual freedom and so on paper they're like oh yeah go ahead and break away you idiot what are you gonna do 30 million people or whatever but 30 million free people can do a lot more than they realize
0: yeah turk longwell says tim ian doing live searches was a good call well that was entirely ian he brought his computer up one day and started searching for stuff great it's good for us and him lol yeah that's for sure great guest too sir thanks for all the different perspective f sour patch kids
3: (laughs) <laughs> right? What? I win. Oh, yeah. I have more followers than they do. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: um, aren't you a big fan of Sarpech Kids?
3: I am, so it's kind of hard for me. But You just decided one day I to be mean to them? I did, yeah.
0: <laughs> Stan TOO says, Mr. Murphy, would it be possible for the states to create free trade zones? Is there a way to limit government overreach but still be a pseudo-nation? Okay, so I'm not sure if, if he's talking about the context of our discussion of secession. So
1: clearly, like it's if like the Texas states break were apart. to break away, then yeah, I would tell the, the Texas government at that point maintain free trade with all the other states you know and maybe washington to punish them would not do that (laughs) just like with brexit like that was the big that was one of the things that the you know the european union said is well if you guys break away you're not going to have free trade and then i don't know what the status of that bluff is at this point but yeah i mean as an economist, free trade standard that's one of the things that made the u.s so productive and rich was that internally it was a giant free trade zone so if if any of these places do break away politically Still have free trade with all and you know and relatively open you know coming and going so you know so that's that's the thing to to maintain a, a free society you're just politically severing that's the thing it's you're not it's not isolationism to say we're going to stop sending our money to washington
0: right I mean we're already seeing the country breaking apart with California being like no official travel to any of these places right right drivers in in Texas aren't going to be able to deliver uh goods to new york where there's vaccine mandates because they don't they don't know the same rules unless they get vaccinated all right sunny james says my sister-in-law a adn when the national guard came in for the pandemic when they had no staffing short when they had no staffing shortages she said they were ineffective mostly stood around to the point they used them for menial tasks like charting civil jobs are just different
4: Hmm.
0: all right Emily Mower says, as someone who has lived my whole life in New Hampshire, Ian needs to shut up about my state. What did you say about her state that was bad? I don't know. Oh, you I called them all stupid. It. That's right. Yeah, Ian was like, New Hampshire, dumb," And we we're like, Ian, stop. <laughs> I've never been in New Hampshire. I think I've been through New Hampshire. How dare you? I like be. New Hampshire a lot, actually. <laughs> all right. The Raptors Talent with a big old super chat. Thanks. Appreciate it. It says, Ian, I disagree with your options. First, in order to escape the fiat currency, you have to have a lot of it you have to have a lot of it to work with. Not everyone has that. Second, it's nearly impossible to get the funds to escape the power grid. And third, cryptocurrency, as I understand it, only works in a society that does, that does not have a concept of scarcity. Mm-hmm. Um, why, why is that last point? I'm not sure I understand that last point, though.
4: That was cryptocurrency
0: sc- only works in a society that does not have a concept of scarcity. Hmm. I'm no, not sure. Bitcoin is a scarce resource. Yeah, it don't right. I don't think ever... it'd be the other way
1: around. So yeah. I don't get
4: yeah. what
0: they're saying. Like that's the whole virtue of Bitcoin is it's absolutely scarce. There and, and there's a whole bunch of different types of crypto. Some like Dogecoin slowly grows. Right, right. S- some slowly shrinks. There's a uh, what is it like? Is DeFi like there's a deflationary cu- token that is just you buy it and then it's guaranteed to deflate. So that's it's hard... the way. That's the way to do it. That seems like a silly reverse kind of. It like...
2: disincentivizes holding it. That's the key. You uh, want right. to not hold currency. You want to keep keep it moving.
0: Well, no, but like uh, a currency that's slowly uh, vanishing becomes more and more valuable. Mm-hmm. So people will hold it. Mm-hmm. And you create more? I, no, I no, agree. no, 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 You can't create, it. that's the point. There's there are certain tokens they made that slowly burn. Every time a transaction happens, a portion of it gets destroyed. So that over time, there's less and less. And if there's a culture building around it, And more demand for it, but a shrinking supply, the value goes up. Mm -hmm. So you could buy one and then wait a year, and then it'll naturally be worth 10 times or something.
2: He's right that what I was saying isn't uh, triage techniques. These things that I said, like getting off the central grid, getting your own food supply. These are like endemic solutions, Mm. but as a triage of what to do right now, I don't know. I'm at a loss if you get – I'm I'm listening.
0: I don't know. I kind of feel like – we can sit here and freak out about China and those other countries all day and night, and I think it will be really, really bad. But it just kind of feels to me that the path we're on, there's there's no exit ramp. Like Texas is already doing the ATF law thing where they're like, we can do our own suppressors, ATF be damned. New Hampshire is overtly like we want to secede. Well, a handful of people in New Hampshire. But the Free State Project, very mm-hmm. much so. California, I mean – they're banning travel to other states. Already, people like states in this country are like, we don't like you. We don't want to work with you. Hmm. So if, if this just continues the same way it's been going, it ultimately just results in states being like, yo, we out. And then what? I think we'll be fine here in the US for some time. But if China becomes, you know, stays on top and begins exerting influence in other states, they'll instantly get influence in the West Coast where they have tremendous pressure. And then they'll slowly start coming in. Europe will be too weak to do anything and then china becomes the global dominant superpower with military bases everywhere let
2: us not forget the cartels ed mm-hmm. calderon shout out last week fantastic episode Go, check it out i highly recommend it if you didn't see it yet but
0: i mean that's like a government itself and it's yeah. right on the border and within our country all right see uh m says tigtao texans going their own way <laughs> that's right i like it Kennedy Marine Detailing says, the tyranny Athens imposed on others it finally imposed on itself. Thucydides. Hmm. Very interesting. Sarah says, Conch Republic 1982. True secessionist movement in Florida Keys in response to federal government overreach. I don't know anything about it. you guys know anything about that? What's it called? Do you know about it? I don't know about that, no. The Mm -hmm. Conch Republic
3: 1982.
0: No. Logan Culver says, Tim, today I joined you in the 35-year-old camp. Have you watched The Monopoly on Violence yet? Mr. Murphy here is excellent and it love you guys. Dave Smith, 2024. And then there's a, I think it's a black flag and yeah. a gorilla. Mm-hmm. Excellent.
2: This here says from ContraRepublic.com, it's a micronation declared as a tongue in cheek secession of the city of Key West, Florida. Awesome. From the United oh. States. 19th, and it's been maintained <laughs> as a tourism booster. Oh, for the oh, city.
0: Love it. You guys ever hear of Christiania? Uh-huh. In uh It's in Copenhagen. Up
3: in Denmark, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's like the free zone. It's a small little area that doesn't abide by any of the laws or whatever. And I guess you just go in there and then you're – it says now leaving the EU when you walk in. And I guess the restaurants there don't pay taxes or something. I don't know a whole lot too much about it. I've actually been there several times. It's a really cool place. Huh. Good good French fries and sh- – I think I had schnitzel. I can't remember. But yeah, it's this cool little place. There are people who live there and it's like um secessionist anarchist community. So it's not tongue in cheek. They really don't pay business taxes and whatnot. That's that's what I was told. Mm-hmm. There's like a skate park there. You can just walk in. It's like they built a skate park and it's indoor, and you just like go in there and skate. It's fun. And then there's some businesses that operate in there. And my understanding is they just tell the government to screw off. Yeah, bunch of houses there. Yeah, so I think you know you guys are right that it
1: in practice probably instead of like a formal vote and referendum, you know it, it it'll be more just people just not complying with you know local people. Especially if they're in rural communities, but it's not but it's, going along with stuff.
0: It's not. It's not. Even, I don't think it'll be conscious. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be one day someone just goes like, you know what? I hereby decide I'm not going to follow. I think one day someone's going to be like, you know, there haven't been any feds coming through our part in a long time. I haven't seen what they do. And you think think about it this way: when people just drive cars and they speed, right? Everyone speeds five miles over, but and they're like, I'm not going to get pulled anarchy. over. Sometimes the cops do, but it's because people don't have confidence in the government, the police, to actually able will stop everyone going five miles over the limit. So everybody just does it. Right.
2: And then it's okay. safer to go five miles. You want to match the speed of all the other cars, even if they're going over the speed limit. That's the safest thing you
0: could do is match traffic speed. Mm-hmm. If the t- if today every cop said we're going to pull over anyone going over the, over the limit, they would not change a thing. They do not have the manpower to pull over every single car when there is a culture built around going five miles over the limit.
2: Yeah, I think if, if say, speed limit's 60 and everyone's going 85 and you're going 60, you'll get pulled over mm-hmm. because you're not. You're not being safe. So that's well,
0: sometimes. But yeah, yeah they, could, they could argue you were like you're putting the traffic at risk because you weren't going to the flow. And then you'd be like, they were speeding. And, you know, but that's, the point is, it's just people doing it. So what happens when one day, you know, people in Texas are like, we always do X. And then the Fed one day is like, you can't do X. They're going to be like, you can't stop us. This is something we always do. No one there has faith in the federal government to stop them. So they just keep doing it. And the feds can't do anything. Especially
2: about it. desperation. If people are, are unemployed and they're poor and they can't pay things, then they just don't because they can't can't means that it is impossible. So you could see that you could see like civil disobedience through desperation.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: B. Walsh says, uh, he says, your statement, he says, A. Lee, your statement, I'm not sure who he's referring to, that everything has a label reminds me of a Pirates of Caribbean quote. Barbosa said, the world used to be a bigger place. And then uh, Jack Sparrow says, the world's the same. There's just less in it. Interesting. There's more people. James Lindbergh says, FedEx is straight up losing my packages lately. Yes, I've said the same thing. Have you noticed that? FedEx announced they were rerouting 600,000 packages per day due to a driver shortage. Yeah. So we've had like just tons of stuff that we've ordered just not show up. I'm like, yo, I'm not even worried about it because I've been paying attention to everything falling apart already, mm. you know? So I'm just like, yep, you know, it's to be expected, I guess.
1: Yeah, I haven't noticed that with FedEx per se, but just lots of things anecdotally, yeah, just you go to the grocery store and there's holes. My local grocery store has redesigned itself to be carrying a lot less inventory. And I think it was because it just, it, it jumped out before and they so said they'd like got rid of a lot of shelves and whatever. So yeah, it... Yeah, it it does look like the economy is retooling itself to so get by with fewer workers, like you were saying, with, with the kiosks and whatnot as well.
2: I wonder if everyone's going to have their own personal drone that you send out for delivery when you order something. You'll send it, and it will go to the place to pick up
0: the thing and bring it back Pretty to cool. you. Angela McArdle says, Bob, what do people mean when they say they believe natural rights are real? Um, well, I mean, there's a in the
1: libertarian tradition, there's the, the the tradition of natural law. So I, I think um, she's saying, as, it, as opposed to merely just like what's a consequential or utilitarian thing, that, that there's a sense in which, no, people really do have these rights and it comes from natural law, whether you believe in God or just the, the nature of you know human beings and their essence. So I, I think if someone says that, that what they're trying to stress is just like two plus two really does equal four. That's not just a social convention. We don't just say that because... You know, the economy grows faster if we all pretend that it does. Like, it really does. There's an absolute there. So I, I think, if I'm understanding her question, that she's delineating some people believe in rights. Like, that really is something intrinsic to human beings by their, their nature, as opposed to this is a a fiction, perhaps, or a convention that leads to, you know,
0: things we like. Yeah. Tyrannus says, Who made the painting behind the guest, the canine skull monster? That is the Snow White Zombie Apocalypse art. I don't know the artist, but that is a comic series by Brent Lengel that I uh, I helped kickstart. And there's a couple of them, and so we got this this big awesome poster. I thought was really cool because I, I thought it was fun. I think the art is fantastic. And uh, what you can't see, so most of you can see the the creepy G Prime eighty five George Alexopoulos paintings all over the place. Uh, or I shouldn't I should they're, they're they're digital. I don't know. They're not paintings. But we do have a painting we got of like this cool aurora borealis. You can't see. It's uh, actually maybe. I think it shows up that on camera's that one. Not on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It when, shows on when, the yeah other you can camera. see it when Ian's sitting in the other chair. So we actually have more than just Joe Biden, you know, eating kids or like <laughs> stealing the blackness from a woman. <laughs> that is
3: our theme, apparently.
0: We're, and we're definitely going to do some more art with the new studio room. We're going to do like a 3D printed Timcast thing. That'll be a lot of fun, or maybe resin printed. That was yeah, cool. all That'd sorts awesome. of stuff. We can have the like, like a,
2: a cycling art center that's like changes every week or something. We're gonna
0: put little shelves with little stuff on it. Maybe like a the, the gorillas over there on the shelf, no. things like that. So we have a, a slightly bigger room in the new studio. It's gonna Ooh. be fun. It's um, actually maybe a little narrower, but a lot longer. Well, a little bit
2: longer. Yeah, we're in an A-frame. The uh, that other one has a flat roof, but it's yeah. higher. But not the A-frame. It's not as high as the A-frame.
0: Right. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. But, uh, yeah, check it out. It's, uh, Snow White Zombie Apocalypse. Jay Rich says, buy crypto now or be a slave to those that did. Straight up, time is running out. Jay Rich, that's financial advice. People are gonna now file suits being like, Jay Rich told me to buy crypto. (laughs) I'm kidding. Alright, let's see. Flying Raptor Jesus says, we don't need secession. We need the country ran like it was supposed to be. Every state governs itself. And the Fed has no power over them. They have too much power, and they make states turn on each other. Yeah, the the, 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 the Fed's too has, has grown too too uh, encumbering. I think you know when the, when the idea was like a loose federal government, it made sense. The states did their thing. Now it's just you know the, the federal government is basically the country, and no one cares about the states anymore.
1: Yeah, just to give people an anecdote of how much. So th- that's the thing. Like people when they when you learn in school like about checks and balances, it's always like the federal level. But federalism used to be the big thing, like the difference between what the federal government could do versus the states. And just to give a quick example, my understanding is in the Eisenhower administration, when they built the interstate highway system, they actually had to defend that by saying, oh, well, if we got invaded. It'd be easier to move troops around. So national defense. That's how the federal yeah. government has the authority to build highways. Yep. Like that was the level of discussion. Whereas later when they someone asked, I don't know if you guys heard this, some reporter from a, like a conservative news site asked Nancy Pelosi where in the Constitution is to give you guys the authority to do Obamacare or Affordable Care Act? And she said, "Are you serious? Are you serious?" Like she thought it was a joke. Like, what do you mean, where in the Constitution? Like that was the yeah. level. <laughs>
0: the federal government could just do things, right? Like the we'll idea that,
1: that she had to justify. Like, no, it's it's, it's you know, health
0: healthcare, of course. S- Stephen Whedon says, "Tim, do you think there will be a solar flare next year?" I have no idea. Is there going to be a solar flare next no, year? There's there's lots of solar flares all frequently, right? Should but we build a Faraday cage? Big hard I ones? thought we were going to build a Faraday cage. Yeah, I don't know where to put it. We'll do it the new the, the, the new uh, place we're, we're building. Yeah. We'll build it. We'll create, we'll make it. We should make it. Science and, Center. You know what we should do? It should be a Faraday cage with a small Faraday cage inside of it and then a Faraday case cage yeah. inside of it. Oh. oh, yeah. So in the triple layer Faraday defense, we'll have like a laptop and a cell phone. Yeah. Because in the land of the solar flare destroyed computers, the man with a laptop is king. Mm. <laughs> Sonny James says, Rockefeller once believed oil could cure cancer. This robotics of the future proponents think the same thing. My thing is, we've seen how the state treats non-essential workers already. I have no hope for what they do to us when the robots actually take over our jobs. Well, haven't you guys played um Detroit Become Human or what it was called? Mm-mm. Where, like, the, the robots become sentient and then, you know, they're trying to escape. They're being oppressed. All right. Let's see. Matthew Hasselhorst says, I told the leftist peer at work about Ed Calderon on your show. He didn't believe the violence is as bad as it is on the border because Ed is on your right wing show. He says the border is the same under Biden. That's just f- factually not factually true. Correct. Yeah, under Trump, it was bad. The worst we'd seen in a long time. Um, I believe it's substantially worse now and it was w- worse sooner. Interestingly, under Trump, there was a major spike seeing some of the worst levels of illegal immigration, but Trump was freaking out about it and trying to stop it. So at the very least, you could say he had that. But with uh with Joe Biden, the surge actually happened earlier, and Joe Biden literally said we should surge the border, the people who want to come should. I mean, that's a quote. We had Alex Jones on the show, and he said it, and we looked it up. All right, let's see what we got. Wait, what's this? Derek Elwell says, did that guy spend $1,200 on three identical super chats? Really? Where? I wanna see that. Whoa. I don't know if I see those. I, I don't know. Yeah, no, that's not, that's not true. Sure. I think you, you have incorrect data. That'd be great though. <laughs> Everyone give us all the super chats. <laughs> Caleb Goforth says, hey Ian, I'm from the Youngstown, Ohio area. I'm a welder. Would be cool to talk about the big resignation of cops in the area and the rust belt in general. Would also like to give perspective on being mixed in America interesting well um you check the spin the ufo email don't you yeah i do spin the ufo at gmail.com general show increase and tips all right brandon mcn says tim we have we have to have an open platform solution i work for one of the big it providers and they're all having integration difficulties interesting
2: yeah fediverse is something we're working on right now and it's coming along swimmingly nice I think it's simplicity too it's going to be a lot easier to do it's just about coordinating it at this point
4: mm-hmm.
0: all right let's see we'll grab a couple more Jack Straw says ask Bob to do karaoke in a bonus segment <laughs> do you sing yes I do oh really oh. is that is that, I, I thought that was maybe like an inside joke or something or a no
1: I I, I used to after like Mises events I was, we would like take the kids this is my younger days <laughs> when I had more energy we'd go out to the all karaoke right, bar
0: Oh, okay. All right. There you go. There's some footage of me on YouTube. So, yes, I do sing. Very cool. Tom Balzer says, Bob, do you plan on moving to Texas or are you a bystander in the secession movement? We're actually moving to Florida
1: for family reasons. So I I did realize that, yeah, if I'm pushing the Texas thing, that's going to sound. But,
0: no, I, I still think Texas should secede. All right. Under 100 Calories says, Tim, soon with the rising unemployment, it sounds like the plot for Detroit become human. Hey, you see, you just you brought go. it up. There you go. All right. We'll do, uh, we'll just do, uh, one more. Adam V. Artori says, you guys should ADV China on as a guest. They lived in China for a while and have some great insights on China and its government. Fear Chinese soft power, not its military. And I think that's exactly what we're experiencing. Soft power, economic, cultural. They're turning our movies into Chinese propaganda. I mean, they, they got it. They got our basketball stars, our billionaires all saying, oh, China's great because they're, mm-hmm. They're getting value from it. That's the weakness in the system. There was—I
1: forget the name of the movie. There was a movie out recently that had Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jackie Chan in it, and it was like you could um, see—you know, some action film. You know, it was a cheesy action film. Whatever, it was okay. But there were parts where it was clear that the actors had been speaking in Chinese, and then they dubbed the U.S. and so presumably in China they did the reverse. So I thought that was a great harbinger of the future of, like, the melding of you know, like major blockbusters and that. In other words, like thirty years from now, I think the way right now it's like, oh yeah, America runs the blockbuster enterprise. Yeah. I don't think that's going to be the case anymore.
0: Yeah, you're going to watch your movie with with English subtitles and it's going to be in Mandarin. Exactly. Yeah.
1: And, and again, some people say, oh, so that's the way. Of, whatever. Whether you think it's a good or bad thing, I'm just saying. I the people who poo-poo, you know, the idea, oh, China's not going to do much. Look at their military. You know, but you're right. They're they're not going to literally. They're not going to have to drop. It. They already are buying up. They own a lot of the U.S. Treasury debt. They're buying up real estate. So yeah. they, they don't need to come in and drop bombs to, you know, take over in a s in a soft way. Yeah. I was uh point thinking that they, they did this strong this this big flex like,
2: hey, we're gonna ban crypto. It didn't even budge the market. Yep. China this this whole Chinese CCP it's a thing.
0: Yeah. All right everybody, thanks so much for hanging out. It's been a blast. Make sure you smash that like button, go to Timcast.com, become a member because not only will we have a segment coming up around eleven or so PM, but we have a massive library of like hundreds of of segments with all of these different guests check out the one we did with alex jones because that was like an hour and a half long and it was crazy and i have no control over that conversation because he is just you know he is a gorilla and he controls the conversation (laughs) you can follow me personally at timcast subscribe to this channel you can follow the show at timcast irl is there anything uh, you want to shout out bob i would just point people to my website
1: consultingbyrpm.com and that's where you can get access to all my stuff Cool. And people can follow you on Twitter? Yep. Bob Murphy Econ. Dude, thanks for coming. Dropping the knowledge. Oh, sure. Thanks. This was was a blast. Thanks for
2: having me. Follow me at iancrossland.net. Ian Crossland, everyone, social media. Thanks.
3: Yeah, I really enjoyed this conversation. I was a lot quieter than usual because a lot of it was way over my head. This is what happens when super smart people come. You guys are more than welcome to follow me on Twitter at Sour Patch Kids.
0: We will see all of you in the member segment over at TimCast.com. Thanks for hanging out. Bye guys.